please welcome the chairman of WWE, Vince McMahon! Throughout this past year, our WWE superstars performed tirelessly for all of you. Week after week, month after month, but we all knew there was something missing, something very important, the most important. That would be all of you, our fans, the WWE Universe. And as we emerge from this dreadful pandemic, on behalf of our entire WWE family, we would simply like to say thank you and welcome you to WrestleMania! Did you notice my guy Westside Gun in the crowd? Anyone? No, I don't Rapper. even know what he looks like, mate. So. No, that's true. You, I'd say it would be one of those people that once you kind of notice what he looks like, you'll see him at the front row of every WWE event. And he's kind of like, if you're looking from the hard camera, he's kind of to the left of the screen. And uh, he looks very bored in this match. He stands cool. out because he wears a lot of jewellery. You, in fact, one of your friends spoke about him on one of the AEW shows you did because he was standing up for a lot of it in the front oh, row yeah. in a red hoodie if it was Westlife Shane I don't know who it was but not <laughs> Westside Gun or whatever it was yeah on 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 Westside Gun and completely changing the topic from him Gun I would for some reason this randomly am I not sleeping from about half one till when I got up at about half six yesterday this entered my head and I can't can't remember why but I was thinking Billy Gun right it's amazing that his two sons are in another company now from the company that he got the name Billy Gun and they're called Gun and they're his sons and that's why they're called Gun. And he was only called Gun because it fit the silly gimmick names that Vince liked to give his tag teams, the smoking guns, and pretended that he and Mark were brothers. And I was like, that is mad. That's that's a, just an example of how mad yeah. wrestling is, that this guy is called Billy Gunn simply because he was in a tag team called the Smoking Guns because Vince liked that stupid name, those kinds of stupid names, and he wanted some cowboys. And now his sons are in a different company, still wrestling as if they are guns. And I just think that's amazing. <laughs> um, imagine if Hugh G-Rections <laughs> children were wrestling in another promotion. I think that is quite, that's quite an interesting point. I guess that goes to show the genius of Vince McMahon, doesn't it? <laughs> it just goes to show the, the madness, I think, of, of pro wrestling, like and how and how crazy you can, you know, the fact that we still call Triple H Triple H, for example, based on the fact that he had a gimmick that was shit in 1995, which was a blue blood called mm-hmm. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like it's it's mad that that it's evolved in that way, and that's why he's still got Triple H. I can't wait in like for like 15 years time when Kevin Owens' son Owen Owens debuts, because <laughs> that'll be great. <laughs> Hello 
and welcome to the Random Wrestling Review and Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2024. I can't believe we've got 2024 and we've also got, I guess, to the home straight now of the WrestleMania series. Just eight episodes left, including this one and including two episodes that will be this year's WrestleMania. Uh, but one person who will not be taking that journey with us till the end of the WrestleMania series because he's having a little break is Tom Smith. And Tom is here today. Tom, how are you doing? Yeah, all right, mate. Thank you. First of all, it's Happy New Year to everyone. It's uh, it's a wonderful time of the year. My daughter is due to be born very shortly. So, yeah, I'm taking a little bit of a, um, I was going to say a sciatica. That's not, that's something <laughs> back, isn't it? A sabbatical from the podcast for a while. I hope to come back at some point in the future. But, yeah, I need to take a little break. But, uh, yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, Tinky. You'll have sciatica in about three months after running around after two kids. For... <laughs> so, last recording this on uh, Monday, the last Friday, I threw my back out putting a uh, tissue in the bin. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was absolutely crippled. I ended up going to an osteopath. It's something to do with my hips. It's all it's all fucked down there. But yeah, it's just gonna get worse and worse. Rapidly approaching my forties, two kids. I'm just basically I'm gonna have to get a kind of replace spine replacement surgery or something like that in the near future. Lovely stuff. The other voice that you would have heard during that little phase was Stephen Coriander. How are you doing, Stephen? Just great. 2024, another year close to the death. Um, and Tom, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I actually ripped my back to shreds pulling a shower curtain back. And that was that was like your equivalent <laughs> of putting a tissue in the bin. And my back wasn't the same for about three weeks. And it's, it's still a bit iffy now. So any like stretching or any movement that's slightly athletic could cause me big, big difficulty. So, yeah, I, I feel your pain. But what's next? Literally. Though, it was literally just putting a bit of tissue paper after I blew my nose in the bin. And there was when I did it last time, like it was agony taking a shit because it's being sat up and supporting stuff. So I dread to think if it ever happens when I'm having a dump, a particularly strenuous one, and I just throw my back out and then I can't wipe it to be awful. Might be a full Elvis Presley on the toilet there. <laughs> oh, God, well, no, hopefully not that far. I'm not on the uh, hollowed out loaves of bread filled with cheese and bacon and deep fried quite yet, but I would like to try it. Yeah, speak for yourself. I'm there. I'm there all the way. That's lovely. You have vegan you... bacon, though, Tinky, so it's good for you. <laughs> I'm basically sure about that. It's, uh, it's processed, so it's still pretty bad. Are you vegan? Um, no, my wife is, and so ah. pretty much it, that very much makes me vegan. So um, fair, fair, fair play, fair play. I try and be now. I, I basically I've tried for a while to be fully vegan, but it's really hard, and I can't do it. So I've now just vegetarian i'm glad that yeah, a, couple, a couple of beers down in me of a kebab i'll doff my cap to you to that ben I, i'm yeah I'm, I'm a fan of that I, I definitely i definitely would though have a kebab after a couple of beers but i, I feel like i've earned it by that point you know i yeah. feel like you mm. know I, i'm not eating i don't know 200 cows in a year i eat maybe three and i feel <laughs> i feel that's fine um like alan partridge says he's he's 70 percent vegan for example if you look at his plate when he has a roast dinner the only meat component on it is the chicken the rest <laughs> of it's the vegetables <laughs> i i'm glad you said the word sabbatical because i couldn't remember what it was and i was trying to as i was introducing you i was trying to remember what it was and i couldn't remember the word and all that stuff and then when you started talking about back stuff i don't know if you've seen it at all before but there's a guy now on YouTube, and he's probably been there a while, but I've only just noticed him, who does all does the um what's it called the your yeah. chiropractor or an osteopath yeah osteopath, chiropractor yeah. chiropractor is who does all the WWE and AEW stars, and he oh. has them on his videos doing that to them and interviewing them at the same time, and it's bloody addictive. Really? 
yeah just watching them get cracked so they have all their like their necks get cracked and their backs get cracked and just watching it and it's just like oh my god and i've had it done once or twice before actually like a few well quite a few years ago and it is scary but it, it really makes you feel better afterwards I, I literally had it done to me last friday so i booked an osteopath appointment straight away it was so it was so satisfying i was worried that i would ejaculate on the osteopath <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's so mad. And also, like, I've had it where they've, like, put some pressure on one point in, like, the, the middle of your back almost. And the top of your neck feels like, so you get these, like, feelings in the top of your neck where it's just like, oh, my God, that kills. Like, it's just, it's mad. But it's Wonderful. good. It's good pain. It's really weird. It's really good pain. Yeah, it's weirdly enjoyable. Yeah. They're highly recommended. But check out the YouTube channel. I can't remember the name, so you're just going to have to find it with the loose amount of information I've given you, but it is well worth a look. If you put if you put uh, Nuru Massage into YouTube on your work computer, then you'll find it. That's, that's what you have to search. <laughs> so yeah, go for it. Good luck. Good to think. Right. WrestleMania 37 today, guys. WrestleMania 37 and, and the new year and Tom's last episode for a while is all going on. What were our expectations going into WrestleMania 37, night one, of course? Steven? Oh, Ben... Do you know what? It's been a tiring few weeks and, I, and, I, and I've, I'm feeling like I hope I'm performing. Well, I don't know what I usually get out of 10 on these podcasts, maybe like a five and a half, maybe a six. I mean, I suppose I did get asked back, but I, I'm struggling with this show because I, I watched it sort of semi in a daze and there's not much to it. I don't think it's not not that that's bad. And I stayed up and watched this at the time, but it's so recent to me. If I don't know what this, this one feels like. WrestleMania 35 did feel quite a long time ago, but this feels very like we've only just had this. I know it was a kind of different time. I think my my main thoughts were at, at when this happened, we were in what lockdown three in the UK, so there was nothing going on. You, I don't I don't think even I could play golf at this point. In fact, I couldn't. So like you couldn't do anything. No restaurants were open. No pubs were open. You know, you had behind closed doors football. But this was quite a big deal because having a having a wrestling show with a crowd there was stuff going on in japan but clap crowds but a proper crowd in north america felt like you were on the road to the end of this so i i was i guess part of me was thinking is this going to show is, is that specialness going to live in this show watching it some some years removed or whether it's just going to be a kind of show in a quarter full stadium that is WWE in 2021 with Vince McMahon, head of creative. So I wasn't really sure what we we're going to end up getting here. I mean, it is that strange thing, isn't it? There is now a, a BC before COVID and an after yeah. COVID in our lives. And it, it does yep. feel like I, I still think in some ways it's really weird. My my wife works entirely from home and she's she's got like a work thing, a, a gathering in January for three days. And they all have to take COVID tests because they haven't got out of the mindset that COVID, COVID is still everywhere because they're all yeah. remote workers, every one of them. So they, yeah. they have to do it every time. And I've, I've often sort of never really, I've, I've often said, I've felt like we've never really gotten out of the, uh, the lockdown fully. Like it just doesn't feel like, it still feels like there's still a bit there. Like for example, when you go into the office and there's literally no one around like that, still happens on a regular basis so yeah there definitely feels like there's two different time periods and so it would make sense that this feels like yesterday because it's after covid almost yeah like this summer the summer after this that may as well be yesterday because that doesn't that doesn't feel like the england and the euros and all that stuff let's not go there because it's too painful but it doesn't it's just not long ago whereas all the other ones and I've, I'm repeating myself, so you can cut all this out, Ben. Very tired this evening, I'm sorry. <laughs> cut it all out. 
cut it all out <laughs> i got a feeling we're gonna have three very tired men on this podcast today i had about three hours sleep last night oh, I've been Ill, i was that. ill over the weekend i had a sickness bug and then and i'm still a little bit rough today my wife's now ill tom's you know expecting a second child i mean it's all yeah. it's all fucking ticking uh, yeah i was i've been up since four last <laughs> so i was I've, I've had a long long fucking day as well today. Up, since, up since half one mate me. Oh, like you beat me oh my god tell <laughs> you what why don't we just call it a night everyone's <laughs> listening just fuck off leave us alone you're not paying for this you've had a lot of content from us you've had all the wrestlemanias it was what it was scores out of 10 mvps and let's just shut it down i think what a sad way for me to leave the podcast tell you what we had a lot of fuck off in the last episode as well which is yet to come out as Ooh. we record this mm. so it sounds like we've got a bit more of that today tom what were your expectations um, my expectations well, i can't really i did i don't know if i'd watched all of this wrestlemania but i knew one match that i definitely had bloody watched and i was looking forward to rewatching was my fucking my favorite wrestler bad bunny in in his match which i which i remember at the time loving but i can't really remember anything else about it what you kind of said then about it feeling a bit weird is i was like really shocked and i guess we'll get into this bit later on but uh, how it doesn't feel like a wrestlemania anymore because of the fact that it's obviously split over two nights it feels like it feel it kind of feels like unfinished business i think because there's because you don't get the the end you know you don't get like the big ending but it was i was looking forward to watching it again at least and i was looking forward to watching the main event because i don't think i'd ever watched it obviously tom you're always full of really good points on this show but that is a really interesting point that i hadn't thought about but that is absolutely true now i think back to watching this again because you weren't watching it in its entirety it didn't feel like a WrestleMania because what we would be doing over a course of a weekend if you're into the product is you're watching this is part one of two acts, isn't it? So you're only getting halfway there, aren't you? So that is, it, is, it is weird. But then that being said, there's no way on earth that I want to do watch two shows and record a podcast on two all in one go, which I did do in the Pro Wrestling Moments archives for this show. So you can see if you go back wow. after this, if you've not had enough WrestleMania, you can go back to that show and see whether my views have changed all that much from uh, 2021. Yeah, it's madness. I remember Alex asking us whether we'd do the two night WrestleManias in one go, and I was like, absolutely mm. not. Absolutely yes. no way am I doing that. <laughs> you know, we're taking this steady uh, all the way. And it's interesting. I don't know if that's going to remain the case over the course of like all of these two night WrestleManias, but certainly I can see why that might be a sort of feeling around this this show in particular my expectations were i i couldn't remember a lot i was still you know we were actually doing the podcast by this point so we were actually mm. caught up to what we've been doing the podcast and i remember when we first started actually i had a crazy idea to do both these episodes both have both these shows record you do a review for these shows at the time and i was going to do it so that i was going to basically get two guests in i was going to do one guest with tom and me one guest with old man and me and I'd do it on consecutive nights. That's how crazy I was feeling at the time. There's absolutely no chance I could do that now. I, I, th- I think me and old man were like, no, let's not do that. <laughs> let's, not, let's not do current products. We'll do, do a rumble and that'll be about it. I think yeah. was the... they, there was definitely some real pushback against us doing the current product. And I, and, I, and that's fine. And I think it was the right choice. But uh, at the time, I was just uh, obviously on a mad one. Yeah, I, so I just don't really know. I didn't know why I expected going in. I knew that I expected the main event to be good to be very good and that was about all i could remember to expect in fact when i as we went through the show and i was watching it there was lots i forgot that actually happened obviously i remembered the bad bunny stuff mainly because tom was so excited about it all and that's really it that really was it and also i did remember the lashley mcintyre match that opened the show mainly because we talked about it a little bit on on the last show 
when we discussed McIntyre's main event victory against Brock Lesnar. So, talking points. Seeing as you your last one for a while, Tom, let's start with you. What do you reckon my talking point is? Uh, Bad Bunny? Yeah, that's right. That's right, my boy. Uh, so it'll be uh, yeah, mainly focused around the um, around the match, I suppose. But I've got to say how fucking good Bad Bunny is. I think he's absolutely tremendous in the ring, considering that he's not a performer. And it's not just the the, the spots he does. Obviously, he does like a big uh, splash off the top rope to the outside, which is pretty spectacular. The spinning head scissors, the, the bunny destroyer, whatever they call it, the Canadian destroyer that he does to John Morrison. It's not even just things like that, but his selling is absolutely incredible for, for a non-wrestler. He, at the beginning of the match, he punches Miz in the face. And then he sells his hand, like his hands hurt. And I was like, that's just something that not even a lot of wrestlers do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think it, think it was absolutely absolutely brilliant. There's the bit that I love at the beginning is there's a bit where uh, the Miz gets uh, hip-tossed out of the ring. And he's just like outside in like, how have I ended up here? It's like he's like woken up. And so here's an, here's an example. Some, some one time I got very confused. One time when I was a lot younger, I went out, got very drunk and woke up in the middle of the night and I was pissing on my bed. I think I may have told the story <laughs> on the podcast before. I'd moved my soap, my, my duvets and everything out, the, out of the way. And I was stood there pissing on my bed. And I and I was like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? And I kind of came to and realised what was happening. And then as it turns, and that is basically the look the Miz had on his face after he got hip-tossed out of the ring by Bad Bunny. Like he's like there, stood in, in like absolute disbelief at what's happening and where he is i think if i'm being 100 percent honest for this for this match for what it needs to be it is absolutely perfect i don't think there's anything any flaw in this match in its slightest the rap that um miz and morrison do when they come out to the ring is so bad but it's perfect that it's so bad because they're heels and they're supposed to look stupid the the kind of way the match is built the fact that it comes out with bad bunny having a little bit of early offense getting getting a little bit of an upper hand over the miz slightly making the miz look foolish which as we've discussed in the past miz is teflon so it doesn't matter if he's made to look a fool is is brilliant and then them getting the upper hand and they're desperate. The crowd are desperate for Damien Priest to get the hot tag and they cut it off really, really well. You get the Priest tag in, which he gets a really good reception to. They end up cleaning the house with some incredible spots and the babyface wins. And it's just it's just a great match. I, I absolutely love it. The entrance might seem a little bit weird with Bad Bunny coming in on the top of that lorry, but that was basically the cover of his album Il Ultimo Torre del Mundo which was out at the time so that's a lovely little reference to that for all the bad buddy fans out there and I just <laughs> I just think this match is fucking brilliant I watched it with such a smile on my face and yeah I was there like being like this is fucking brilliant and bad bunny is my MVP of the night obviously I'd love to know what the Venn diagram between this podcast and Bad Bunny fans is. I don't imagine it's particularly <laughs> close to a circle. In fact, if, I imagine you're the one slither that overlaps <laughs> the both, but you never know. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping I can make that bigger. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Bad Bunny's really more to do with that though, eh, Tom? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, what did you think? Um, I've got two Bad Bunny related questions for you, Tom. One, is, he, is his music good? I love it. I love Bad yeah? Bunny. Yeah, look, so I got introduced to him a, a long time ago, listening to Discovered on Apple Music sort of thing. And I was like, this guy sounds all right. His, his earlier stuff is a bit more rappy. Then he's moved okay. into a bit more of like a reggaeton kind of vibe, a bit like a J Balvin, uh, Vincente Calderon, these kind of artists. Oh okay, yeah, so I mean I know all those people. Yeah, Gasol- yeah. you remember Gasolina by Daddy Yankee? No, <laughs> no. I'm going ju- to jump in here, right, and say that Tom, first of all, has a long history of being into hip hop, and 
quite deep into hip-hop like a lot of obscure stuff you'll never heard of and secondly you know he's still relatively up to date which probably necessarily can't always be said for people when they reach our age Stephen. Mm. no that's that's completely fair yeah but yeah no, oh. i love his i love his music and the last album's bit, gone a bit more a bit more trappy a bit more hip-hoppy again which i quite enjoyed yeah i i guess my probably music in terms of actually following anything probably is at least sort of maybe 15 years old now in terms of trying to discover new bands or anything i do quite like things on history tom but then from oh. where i'm from i'm kind of an, an old school garage r&b hip-hop sort of man don't really like don't really like house music or like pure dance music on a night out if that makes sense i know what bristol vibes are we could we could have a lovely night out yeah yeah <laughs> so we could have a lovely night out. a kiss a kiss three day party in motion kiss three kiss three with a little bit of cheese sprinkled in would be my essentially okay. linickers is what i'm talking about <laughs> i was gonna say yeah. it's basically walkabout in it Fuck yeah yeah, out, but it, <laughs> it is, yeah my other bad buddy question is he still dating kendall jenner i believe so Bloody, he's completed life, hasn't he? What an absolute legend. On to this match. I There's just so much. One of the themes of this show is there's just so much downtime between the matches. So I was trying to watch this. this is why I sort of mentioned this at the start in terms of. I oh, felt like I was split. In... Sorry, apparently 21 hours ago. Oh, just before Christmas. Kendall Jenner's heartbreak after Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny split. Model looks downcast as she emerges in Aspen for continuing icy demeanor on glam night out after romance with singer fizzles so he 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 pulled he pulled the trigger then do we do we think by the sounds of that it sounds like yeah because i was thinking it would be i automatically assumed it's the way around but perhaps he's so cool that he he can do that i was thinking if she dumped him then he'd be getting you know that mud it'll be lonely this christmas song out and if he's replaying that (laughs) all two weeks of christmas absolutely devastated but it sounds like he he did it she'll be playing mud She'll be bloody playing mud. Kim will be there going, it's all right, spending more fish in the sea. Courtney will be in the corner snogging Travis Barker's face off, being inappropriate. It'll be a lovely old time. It's um, available. <laughs> God, yeah, imagine that. That would be pure scandal. Yeah, this was just such a weird viewing experience. I felt like there was like 20 minutes gap between all the matches. So I was, I was walking in between where I was watching it and trying to do a little bit of work. And I looked up what I thought was potentially Bad Bunny performing, but it was actually Miz and Morrison. It was absolutely incredible. It was so, so good, their entrance. And I, 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 I looked at my old notes and this match started at 10 to 4 uh, UK time on the original night of the show because obviously there was a big delay because of the rain stuff. And I actually stayed up for both nights this WrestleMania. I haven't done it since, though I am planning to do it this year, which, uh, or yeah, this year now, in 2024. So I'm sure that will probably age me by about 10 years. Damien Priest's little dance routine when he got in the ring, what was that? And it just, like, it just screamed to me, someone in NXT, like someone saying, that's one, that's camera one, that's camera two, take three steps out, show a little bit of personality, look this way, we'll play some pyro, and it's WWE create a wrestler, basically. I thought the Bad Bunny's outfit made him look a little bit like the Milk Tray Man. Do you remember? I'm sure you guys remember him, <laughs> don't you? Snuck into the ladies. Or, yeah. or, be, or yeah. because the lady loves Milk Tray. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, our, our many US listeners might have to look that one up on YouTube. I thought this was, I thought Bad Bunny was tremendous in this. I thought it at the time. This was, we'll talk about, the women's match uh, later on, but this was sign- his work was significantly better than a lot of people in that. And I thought this was this was a recommend match all day long. I thought that this was someone absolutely loving life, didn't need to do this. Obviously got loads of money, and he was performing out of his skin in his debut. So yeah, this was this was really good fun for what it was at this at this point in the show. He didn't need to do this, but like given the money he's got and the, the fame he's got, like he's almost like I'm gonna do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's what I mean. He doesn't need to do it. He's like I'm gonna I, no, I want to do it. So I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't need yeah. to do it. But if I was as famous, I'd be like, I'll do it. 
I've got to be shit at it, but I'll still do it. Well, I, I, you know, I wouldn't. No? No, because I, why would I put myself in it? I wouldn't put myself in any, poten- any potential danger of, like, breaking oh, my oh, neck or something. No way. He's never no going to be in danger of that, though, is he? They're, they're um, not, they're, you know, they're going to be as, as safe as they absolutely can him like, you never let's, know. let's be clear about like for example the canadian destroyer there's only one person taking any risk there and john yeah, Morrison's doing yeah. all of the yeah. rest well and the, the other things as well apparently um for this and for his match in puerto rico he takes months and months off and spends it down at the performance center yeah it's like imagine having to be like do you know what i'm one of the biggest selling music artists in the entire world at this moment and he's like do you know what i'm going to take three months off of everything and just muck around in Florida for a while and then come back and then have an amazing match, get all the credit, completely overshadow a real wrestler, and I'm gonna have a go of it. And actually what you said, Stephen, I didn't I didn't mention, but Damien Priest's little choreography and his outfit and his entire gimmick, I was like, Thank fucking Christ for the judgment day. Yeah. Because because he's so there's a bit there that I did like I think John Morrison he does something and he does like a little cartwheel and then does like a little archer like like he's pulling a bow (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) it was really funny the archer Damien Priest yeah I mean this this was this was better than anyone could have hoped for especially given who they've got with him like Damien Priest still relatively green and then they're up against John Morrison and the Miz it's not like they've put him in there with well I guess Morrison and the Miz are very very experienced and and not not bad wrestlers, but it's not like they've given him someone who's an absolute surefire, safe pair of hands to t- to tag with at least, who can carry the match, which is kind of a strange decision, but it did work. I thought it was it was great. I did, I felt a little bit low, like it was a bit underwhelming now because we've seen Logan Paul. Is that weird? It just, no. I just yeah. Felt a little bit like Logan Paul, you know, this was at the time probably the best celebrity wrestling performance you've ever seen. And within six months, someone comes along and does it better. Yeah, I did yeah. think about that. And I guess the, the slight difference is that Logan Paul has got a very athletic background, hasn't he? Because he's like a boxer and stuff. So he already is like a hell of an athlete before he even steps in the ring. So that's I mean, I, I know what you mean, because a lot of people would know him from YouTube and his podcasts and whatever. Ever, well, what on earth ever it is he's famous for. But he, he does have an athletic background. So I kind of look at them in two different kind of lights. If you look at the past, though, it's not like, you know, Lawrence Taylor didn't get yeah. in the ring. He did. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's and Lawrence Taylor wasn't as good as, as Bad Bunny. So it's just it's just Bad Bunny did such a good performance on the night and everyone was wowed by it. And now it just feels a little bit like it's good, but it's not Logan Paul. <laughs> no, but the, the, the things, again, I, I will look at it differently. I will look, I'll kind of think of people who are athletes who have come in and done a match versus people who aren't. So I, I, I do know what you're saying, and it sounds like I'm just defending Bad Bunny against someone who's not attacking him. But I, I think of him as almost a completely <laughs> different... crap. Shit. Yeah, as a completely different act from anything else that's ever been. No, that, that's fair. I mean, just say yeah, maybe, just... maybe Johnny Knoxville. You could put him in the Johnny Knoxville category, but I wouldn't say that was the same thing, because obviously that is an entirely different match This obviously basically highly gimmicked but yeah there aren't that many other people who have gone on and had an actual match who don't have some kind of athletic background yeah no no i I totally agree it just it just felt like less less impressive because of we've seen logan paul now and he's something else quite frankly but it was it was one of the better matches on the night you know it was one of the better matches on the night and one of the more memorable things in general for this wrestlemania i mean it was one of the things i remembered so can't really get away from that perfectly fine happy with it very entertaining Good stuff. Stephen, your talking point. Um, so I'm, I'm struggling a bit. So I'm going to talk about something that we talked about in our in our WhatsApp chat. And I believe actually, uh, breaking news, Ben is going to. Sorry, I don't know why your nickname's Tink. 
Tinky, actually, Ben. I don't know this story. And someone no, but, said, I think you said in in, in the, the WhatsApp group the other day, Tom, that any time anyone calls him Ben, you think, oh, what a, I don't know, perhaps you said the big C well, no, word, actually. I, yeah. I, I don't think, to be fair, I don't think that's really the true way Tom feels. It's just, it feels strange for him, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, well, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not being like, you know, I'm, I'm not like going out for dinner with, with Tinky and his lovely wife and she calls him Ben I'm like his name's Tinky you cunt (laughs) (laughs) well he says he's not like that but in fairness um, no to be honest though nobody nobody really knows it it just I think it just evolved from my surname a long time ago but it evolved four or five times in the space of like a year and then just one thing stuck and it just stayed like that I've had it since I was like what eight Wow. Okay. So, and that would have been. I reckon. I reckon. So here's. I think. I think it would have been about eleven. I reckon. I reckon there were iterations of it before senior school. Because in my in my (laughs) I don't know why I know this in my Oxford dictionary that we got given (laughs) at the end of year six and it's signed by everyone in school. Yours says spinny thing. Ah. Okay. Wow. So it would I don't and again I don't know why I know that and I can't find it to back it up but it definitely does. So okay. I don't know. Yeah, it obviously it, it went on shortly. It must have evolved slightly after that. Fine. Well, that's I but yeah, anyway, that's where it comes from. Um it's a long time ago and there's it, it's not really anywhere to exp, any way to explain it but and there we go. Literally what me, old man, Johnny, Mark and Luke are the only people that call you it. And yes. their wives. <laughs> yeah. yeah our partners. Do you ever get the Tinkster? Yeah, I think I've had yeah. that at some, at some oh, point. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna use that here then. So the Tinkster breaking news <laughs> is now offering subscriptions. Oh, you can have a month in our WhatsApp group for a thousand pounds. So uh yeah, so get get DM him if you want that, and you'll experience an a beyond Richard Key's level of banter in that group. Like it's just it's just every day, all day long, it's a lol fest. Uh, slightly but we talked less about, sexist though. Slightly less slightly sexist. less sexist than and less uh, Harry Hands. And less yes. sexy. <laughs> and yeah, definitely apart from Alex, obviously. But we we talked about this. So so they they've. Uh, <laughs> well, I did. I missed that. So what was it, Tom? <laughs> oh, he's so fit. <laughs> he he is really fit. I didn't say this in the because because we were talking about his. Well, I won't give the details, but my wife saw him on something and she went, "Oh, he's fit." And I thought, yeah, we always go <laughs> on about that all the bloody time. But I, I didn't want to make him feel any more awkward about it. Um, but well, yeah, he's so listen to this, so we will do now. No, I know, I know, but that's okay. That, that's in the new year because I think I feel like I've ramped up the my sexual advances to to Alex about as much <laughs> as I can without like, restraining order going or, or without or without actually pulling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you could do a lot better than me. Right, I digress. We talked about the fact that on the night, this obviously had a big old uh, rain delay because it was pouring with rain in Tampa. Mm -hmm. But on the network now, they've separated it into a separate 26-minute WrestleMania rain delay show. And yes, I sat through those 26 minutes. So basically, I mean, my I guess my talking point is the weather, as I've seemed to have stumbled <laughs> on a few times in the past in the show. Stephen, the weatherman coriander. What can I say? Blame it on the. Perhaps that's a good. What's what's the Bewitch song's quite a good song, isn't it? Blame blame it yeah. on the weatherman. Yeah. Very good song. Very good good tune. So they rolled the dice. What WrestleMania nine was outdoors. I think summer twenty six was outdoors. The roof was open. Thirty five. Twenty. Twenty four. 24 was outdoors as well 33 was outdoors but the first one after pandemic and they got a thunderstorm in tampa so you got loads of good stuff in this part of this you got samoa joe in a poncho which was incredible <laughs> michael cole said the words wrestle rainier on on air which was phenomenal <laughs> yeah he also 
he also said that Byron Saxton's microphone had been destroyed by the weather. And that was a good thing as well, which actually popped me even harder than WrestleMania. But yeah, I guess that that's it really. I, what's my talking point? I don't know. The fact that they did do an ed- one edit though, Wrestle- WrestleMania rain delay in the, on the WrestleMania show proper, they had the Vince thing with him coming out on the stage, but that was actually in the rain delay. I think that was one of the first things that happened. Then they went to rain delays. So they had fiddled around with it. But yeah, my talking point is it rained and that was so- a shame. So they come out, he does the welcome back, they have every, all the roster on the stage, America the Beautiful, and then the rain delay? I'm not sure about America the Beautiful, I think that was later, because they talk about Vince coming out on the stage during the rain delay, but it's not seen in that, so it's out of it's not in the right order. So I think it was I think it was Vince on the stage, everyone there, then it was rain delay, I believe. Was it Vince or a spitting image puppet of Vince that comes <laughs> out? Because he looks like a spitting image puppet of himself. Mm. His face looks nuts. He can't have long left, can he, Vince? I wouldn't have thought. I mean, perhaps he's gone by the time this comes out, which would be awkward for us all, won't it? Well, yeah, and also we've we completely exposed. I mean, we already exposed it earlier on, but we completely exposed that we're recording this before the new year, even though we've wished everyone a happy new year. And yeah, before sorry. Christmas, in fact, like a long way before this actually comes out. But hell, we needed a Christmas break, so that's what yes. we did, damn it. Yeah, the rain. I mean, it should have ended Samoa Joe's career, is what I say. <laughs> and yet, by the time this comes out, he could be the AEW world champion. Oh, we don't my know yet, God. he could be. And AJ. Edge and Christian on pay-per-view in AEW in 2023. Kill me I now. I remember there was a there was a thing that Finn Martin did in Power Slam, I think at the end of 1998, where he did his uh or it might be the end of 99, can't remember, but it was the end of year predictions. And for each he did WWE, WCW, and ECW. And for each one, he said a net and a match that might happen at WrestleMania the next year. Mm. And I'm going to have to try and remember them. I think it was like Flair versus Savage at Mania, question mark, exclamation mark, because there was about both of them going to WWE. And then there was like something like WCW was, uh, I can't remember, like something crazy, like Sting versus Hogan at Starcade question mark. Yeah, it was something mad. And then at ECW, it was something else like that. And and that fits that category, like Edge versus Christian at (laughs) at AEW Revolution 2024. Like, what? Like, stupid. I I can't help but think of Edge signing is so fucking mad and AEW like who who extras tuning in to watch AEW because Edge is there see that should have ended his career but he could be as I said world champion by now for all we know I, you know, yeah. but it's a good chance again with the MJF's, MJF's injury and I meant to watch it too but I completely forgot about it I actually had some time I even managed to get all of the stuff edited that I needed to get edited before today to make sure this was all lined up nice and not going to hold me up over Christmas and then I completely forgot to watch it so I'm really beholden to you Stephen for any information about what happened and I and to be honest when you started talking about American Beautiful I was like did I miss American Beautiful and then I realised no I didn't I did watch it on this but yeah. For whatever reason, I missed it completely on the on the uh, or I forgot about it. I have got some notes about it there later on. Actually, WrestleMania or the WrestleMania rain delay was actually quite good because that, and I remember on Twitter I got a lot of people saying the best promos that have been cut in WWE for mm. years were on this. Do you remember? You probably remember this. Yeah, yeah, do, because yeah. they were all ad libbed because they had that's just for like here's a microphone fill time. There was a really good segment between Drew McIntyre and. Uh, Bobby Lashley backstage which was really good Drew was really good a few other people I'm, I'm trying to remember I think New Day did one even Shane McMahon cut like a semi-decent sort of thing so it was actually quite entertaining albeit at the time I was just like I just want this to start now and I think it I think it took the finish back to something like 4.45am because in, in the era of Peacock WrestleMania starts at 1 rather than midnight which is which is pretty awful really for staying up purposes I would say but yeah I mean it's uh, did, did you miss anything particularly not really but it was it was interesting the way they filled the time the, it's interesting you, you mentioned Peacock twice in, since you've been on it and obviously we didn't really notice the effects of it because we've still got the network over here but what I find really interesting you talked about the big delays between the matches 
is and that yeah. coincides with peacock doesn't it because there's like subscription models of peacock where you have adverts absolutely which is yeah. why there's such a even on even on any wwe premium live event that they do now there's always like five to ten fifteen minutes between each match you know there's no yeah there's, which it must which it must mean and i remember feeling immediately i felt absolutely wretched in <laughs> clash of the castle because <laughs> i was i was in a terrible state but it was it was really noticeable how long the gaps were then because they were just showing like loads of adverts you know that are being shown on the, yeah. on the network or on the peacock version so yeah. uh, it's it's um, so definitely something that's gone downhill i remember people saying well, you wouldn't really notice much of a difference but that's definitely a big a big loss we've had interestingly i read somewhere the other day that if they move from nbc they might go off of peacock as well and who knows where that would lead wwe which i think would be really interesting to see where they go what ends up happening if they end up reinstating the network or going onto a different streaming service well, I, th- I think usa is nbc isn't it so that's so smack yeah. that they are they are affiliated because smackdown's going to usa for the definite that's decided so it's just the raw bit but 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 the peacock deal is separate so it could go to a yeah. different streamer i mean they could put that on anything i mean i i don't know what else you've got really because we're not we're not that familiar with the u.s landscape but i wouldn't be surprised I think they I think that's a big win for Peacock because they get a lot of eyeballs on that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're uh, if they stay. But again, I'm not, I think that's 2025. I think yeah, that's a while off. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the Clash of the Castle and the gaps between the matches a lot. You know, after it happened, and that was one of my big issues actually that night was just the, the the length of time between every single match. And interestingly, I think you and I think Matt probably conveyed there wasn't an issue for you at the time. But this is what you're saying about WrestleMania 37 is the same thing like you're you're just so there's lots of gaps between the matches they must put like two adverts two advert breaks mm-hmm. almost between each match and have a little slim segment in the middle anyway for me personally when i'm there i i don't mind it because you don't you can you can comfortably go for a wee or get a beer or get some food or whatever and you're back out if you if you race out at the pinfall you're comfortably back in during the entrances whereas the aew show at wembley i missed thankfully and perhaps by choice the whole stadium stampede thing because I, i'm not getting back for that and i wasn't rushing back but like a tokyo dome or something you're you're going to miss something by getting a drink so you have to be, be really red pro show the other night i'm literally running out at the end of the match to quickly run to run for a wee to get back just in time for the start of the next match so all the entrances are gone so i think it is swings and roundabouts it's, it's a more disjointed i think at home but again you, it can frustrate you in the arena as well i guess it's just different well, it, i mean i've got a very small bladder so i need a wee a lot well so, it also depends space. how glued you are to your seat and how much you desperately need to see a nothing six-man tag match which is one of the yeah. things that happened at clash of the castle for example yeah you know i mean and for me that isn't they're just they're not must watch a lot mm. of those matches so it doesn't matter to me if i miss a bit of it anyway right so tom's got to go now so we will uh we'll talk well tom's got to go now we'll leave him to that and we will go to my talking point i gotta figure i still don't actually know what it's going to be i've been forbidden by tom to do the main event which might have been my talking about let's let's do the opener bobby lashley versus drew mcintyre because this was interesting on a number of levels first of all it felt like going in and i don't know if anyone else felt this and maybe i was foolish to think this but it felt like this would be wwe's way of paying back drew mcintyre for a year's hard work in the main events when there were no crowds and having missed his missed his big night in some ways at WrestleMania 36 night two when he beat Lesnar in the main event but obviously there was no crowd so it couldn't have felt quite as big a moment as it should have done for him I it always felt like this was there okay first match back McIntyre wins the title let's give him a nice you know victory over Bobby Lashley give him give him the title back and he kind of gets paid it back that obviously didn't happen and funnily enough Stephen when you talked about earlier about Vince McMahon and the booking this felt like a very Vince McMahon 
booking decision to not have time. Drew McIntyre win the match. Yep. Admittedly, it's not in the main events. It's perhaps not as big a deal as, as it might normally be. But at the same time, this is the swear, the swear of everyone mentality that I think Vince kind of had towards the end of his career as, as, as the creative director. And not just towards the end, but for a long period, <laughs> for a good 15 years before the end of his, his time as the head of creative. And that was anathema to him in the past. That's the mm. thing. Like in the in the 80s and 90s, that was completely the opposite of what he would do. But yeah, he just had a real penchant for swerving everybody. Um, and then also it's it's the first match of the night. It's the WWE title. First match of the weekend for the WWE title, which is it's not just the first match of the night now. It's the whole weekend, two whole nights and the first match return is the WWE title. It's also an interesting story going into this, which was that the Miz and Bobby Lashley had kind of concocted some kind of deal which would help Miz beat Drew McIntyre for the title but the Miz had to give Lashley a title shot afterwards so he really play him with the whole heel babyface dynamic which was quite strange and difficult to get ahead around Drew McIntyre though he had lost the belt I think on one occasion during 2020 had largely been the world champion since the previous WrestleMania. And then one month out before WrestleMania, they had him drop the belt, which always feels kind of strange to me. Like you, mm. I always feel like you want, if you've got a long title reign, even if it's six months, you kind of lead that into WrestleMania, whether they're going to retain or not. Like don't having them drop the belt just before seems like a, an odd timing to do it. So just a lot of strange decisions here and possibly all mixed up in Vince McMahon's kind of mind and his creative, his creative approach at the time. Yeah, I, I I think you're absolutely spot on. This is this is such a classic Vinceism, and in the first segment, and I'm sure we'll talk about this. He t- Vince came out and did his little speech, and he talked about the fans being the most important people. When this guy had had quite blatantly gone out of his way to give not to not give the fans what they wanted for 20 years, and only would ever give the fans what they wanted when his hand was so badly forced. I think Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 that he couldn't do anything else other than that. I mean, you think all the Roman Reigns stuff, all the things that we've seen, all the all the continual pushing of scene and when other stuff was happening. So I just I, I just thought, what a hypocrite. And then in the very first match, he Vince McMahon's it. And I'm sure, I'm sure, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if the actual plan was, as you said, classic Vince booking, take the title off the babyface and give it back to him at WrestleMania. And he would have decided... Oh, you know, actually, why don't we we'll extend this a bit further and Drew can win it another time? And he never did. And you know, I mean, Drew's doing a really good job. Uh, I know we're, we're a few weeks after, a few weeks before recording this when it airs, but Drew has been really good on Raw recently as a heel. So perhaps he's going to get a chance at some point or whatever. But yeah, this was this was a funny one for me. Um, just the, just the whole thing. Again, on the, on the topic of like long cuts, this, this the bell for this opener started 22 minutes into this show, which is just a huge amount of time. A, a question for you, and I don't know whether you can kind of remember how you were feeling at, what was this, April 21. This had been an hour's drive from your house. Do you think you'd have gone to this? Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, we, we were doing the podcast by this point, right? So, yeah. you know, I was kind of more back into it than I'd been for a long time. I had watched the Rumble and we covered the Rumble on the on the podcast. Yes, I would have gone. I, I'm thinking, sorry, I, I should perhaps I should have framed that question slightly better for with co- for COVID reasons. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I wasn't a particularly. Uh, yeah, we we adhered to the rules when they when they were they came around, but I wasn't particularly nervous about COVID in general. And maybe I was a little bit blasé, which is not a not a good thing to be at a time when 
it's a very very serious situation but i think i think you do you know as i said we we adhere to the rules because we wanted to make sure that we weren't putting other people at risk but didn't really feel very much at risk ourselves if you like yeah and i think i was very cognizant of that I, my my mother was in a kind of support bubble so so we were i was having to do tech because i was actually going into the office quite a lot during this during the whole time well say a lot maybe like one week one week on and two or three weeks off kind of thing but i was very sort of aware that of not bringing any nasties to my mm. to my mum's house but i think i was probably ready by this point to do to do something so i hadn't been to you remember there was like a couple of football couple of weeks of football in around christmas time where you had small crowds then if you remember that and yeah it quickly sort of, got yeah. shut down yeah so i didn't i didn't go i wasn't able to get a ticket for the for the one game that fulham had but i think by this point it's just like it's probably time to get on with it i think and i remember like the first three what has it been two months after this was the euros so i went to a few england games and like that slowly built up from 10 15 000 in wembley with vast open spaces to everyone rioting in a pretty much full wembley stadium so it kind yeah. of it kind of changed very very quickly but yeah it was it was a weird it was just a really weird time and like i think that i remember um, i met a, a girl at i actually went to a ring of honor show in 2018 with a, a girl i met through like wrestling forums and stuff and she was at this show and i remember saying like how did you feel and she's like once you're in there it's kind of you just get kind of get used to it very quickly about being around a crowd even with a mask on but yeah I just just was interested in what your what your thoughts on that were I thought another thing I noticed really early in this is they've really toned down the, the number of camera cuts on WWE, WWE television in recent times because some of the stuff was really really fast like jolty cameras which I, I, yeah. I have not got a stomach for at all I can't watch like a phone with images in a car or anything like that I'd, I'd hurl out the window in five minutes so those those jolty camera cuts are not the one for me I actually thought the match was, was actually really rather good I actually enjoyed this quite a bit more than I did on the night I mean I probably would have said it was decent I thought they absolutely worked their bollocks off here the only slight 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 niggle I had is I thought some of the strikes were a little bit poor some of their punches perhaps left a little bit to be desired but apart from that I thought this was this was really good I didn't really understand as we talked about not giving Drew who they'd invested a lot in like the kind of pandemic champion held the company on his back you know all of that story so this was kind of clearly the moment for him to win and I thought the way he lost was pretty shocking like he passed out in a full Nelson but that said I did really like the hill winning clean so I, I can't argue with that <laughs> but to, I know it's uh you know Steve Austin passed out to Bret Hart and that was seen as kind of heroic and all that sort of stuff which is which is fair enough. But I thought at the time when I was just sort of very much a Bret Hart fan that he's kind of beaten this up guy up so badly that he's made him pass out. So I think there is two ways to look at that finish of a, of a kind of, yeah, he's perhaps he's brave not tapping out, but beating him down so much that he's out. So, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I did really like this. I thought this was really good. Yeah, I thought this was a really good mm. match. I, I thought they had, they put in an absolutely top effort for this one. And I, I wonder whether both of them felt like this was their chance, regardless of who won, who lost, what had happened the year before, to redeem themselves from before they came back to WWE because they would have had this match. I'm absolutely certain they had this match on a TNA pay-per-view in like 2016. I think it might even been the main event of um, Bound for Glory one year when by oh, which really? time wow. by which time nobody was watching tna at the time yeah right? like their, their audience was had been more than cut in half it was like a, a, a fraction of what it had been on the television channel that they were on and i'm pretty certain this was the main event of a it certainly was a main event of a pay-per-view i'm pretty sure it was a bound for glory that year so they 
this is almost like their redemption to get back to the the, the big stage not to put you know tna too much down but ultimately this is wrestlemania in the title match and face each other in in that sort of situation so, so slammiversary 2016 it was okay fair, yeah. enough, fair enough yeah and then so i wonder whether that was that was a big part of this was just them going right this we're going to do it now we're going to show everybody yeah. that having gone all that way to go and do that and where most people would have said fuck this i'm just not going to be a wrestler anymore or whatever they didn't they kept going and then they got back to this point i thought it was i thought it was really good was it still raining during this match i think i think it was i think the reason they started was that there was no th- i think it was the lightning that was the problem so the rain right. wasn't so much of a problem but yeah, that, yeah. that's it do you know what's just something no it's something interesting about that tna match and this there was 63 seconds difference in terms of match time <laughs> that's a bit nuts isn't it maybe someone maybe maybe someone saw it or talked to them and said look you know what can you do? And they said, well, yeah. we can just do this match. No one saw it. We could just yeah, do yeah. the match that we did. Some people have seen it, but very, very few people. Um, that was perfect length. This, this doesn't need to be another 10 minutes. And I think a lot of wrestling companies now would be like, WWE title match, it's got to be 25 minutes, or world title match, it's got to be 25 minutes. And then you get that kind of really slower start and maybe some holds, maybe some mm. fiddling around but this was i thought this was this was at uh, this length was was perfect i thought yeah I, I i agree and i think they actually did that another match that we'll talk about later on almost exactly the same because it allowed them to go at a pace that was not going to knacker them out because it wasn't stupidly long yeah there was standing water around the ringside yeah at one point which i was like whoa this is, feels, feels quite dangerous like one could slip over think, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah and hurt themselves really badly the thing i had a problem with other not really that i didn't mind that he passed out from the from the von nelson it was more the the weird mvp calling out distracting him bit that i struggle with i don't know what you thought about that Stephen. where basically he's about to do the claymore and mvp shouts something yeah it made him look stupid do just stops and then oh looks back and bobby lashley hits him with something and you're like how what like that, how yeah <laughs> what managers shout all the time like how does yeah. that how does that change? I was just it was an odd an odd choice. There's another really odd was. again, another odd choice in another match later on, which I, I'm interested to see if anyone picked up on. Yeah, and that, that bit was the thing that got me a little bit. But all in all, yeah, a a pretty decent, pretty damn decent start to the show. And and for them, for what you're perhaps expecting, given that it's Lashley and McIntyre, much, much better, I think, than you probably would imagine that they were gonna do. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Let's go back to the start of the show. Not that we're very far from it where we are so we've got um vince mcmahon as you said being announced at the start of the show now as you said this may this may all be a a very strange messed up kind of order of things but i think tom's right in that america the beautiful was straight after this because the people they're still on the stage together they're still on the ah it was pre-rain delay then i think i think so i think that was the first thing that happened okay mcmahon is in front of the wwe talent they're all there says that over the past year there's been something missing the wwe audience mcmahon says thanks to the fans and welcomes them to wrestlemania in a way only vince mcmahon could do and i gotta be honest that's the one reason i will miss vince mcmahon is him saying wrestlemania at the start but as they proved the year before they don't need him to be there they can just use recorded voice of him doing it from the past so it's all good then the and i messed up the the my handwriting here so i can't even remember the name of the guy who does america the beautiful the girl that did america the beautiful there you go see (laughs) i could i said earlier on i couldn't even remember america the beautiful i couldn't remember it at all and that's why i was going to ask you i was actually had in my thought process I need to ask Stephen whether they did America the Beautiful on the rain delay yeah. because I was like I couldn't 
remember it so it's completely gone out of my head what i do remember though is while she's singing it was very interesting to watch the roster on the stage so this yeah. was this was really interesting i was like really looking at them because i was like first of all they probably really got to act like this matters to them like even if it doesn't they've got to, they've got to sort of do that some are pumped like some are like getting uh, pumped up for it and they're like all excited and then you've got some that are smiling just idly and then you've got otis doing a little stretch and a little dance <laughs> whilst it's all going on and finally it's also interesting Rhea Ripley looking very emotional so she, yeah. she was looking really emotional as this was going on like I don't know what that was about maybe you know this is a big potentially I guess possibly a first big show uh, on the main roster that's in front of a crowd because she'd obviously have came up and did the stuff with Charlotte for the WrestleMania 36 shows which were obviously not in front of a crowd so maybe that's what it was but yeah, that was that was interesting I found that it, just watching them was quite interesting yeah because it wasn't how patriotic she was I presume no. Uh, listening no. to BB Rexa, BB Rexa. That's what I think I've got written here, but it just is so poorly written. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it. No. Um, yeah. And oh yeah, that's right. And she was with a guitarist, wasn't she? Yeah. All I could think of, I must be honest, during this, is that our, bro- my, our brother Matthew Roberts, I think, might have been a fan of her performance. Um, shall we say? Uh, but that's all that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't remember if it was good or not, to be honest. But I, I think I might have even been trying to type out an email while it was happening, if I'm honest. So yeah, it's just, it was just one of those. One of those. I don't know if you have this when you're when you're watching a you've got some time designated to watch a show and just stuff just goes wrong during it if that makes sense and you're like getting phone calls getting stuff or did, I said it depends what time of day you do your watching yeah, the, the main thing that happens for me is the baby wakes up and I got to yeah. go pause everything yeah. go back upstairs and sort of sort him out but no I don't, don't have a lot of that but I do have a lot of just zoning out completely like yeah. just like yeah. um you know because he's you, to be honest it's the same with any wrestling but WWE in particular you just you can't possibly pay attention to all of it you know no. I mean you, especially if especially if you watch it all in one go it's it's a it's it's you don't need to either you know you don't need to so after this we get the intro video the swashbuckling theme returns as does the annoying British voiceover guy they double down on for some reason the kind of emotion and everything in this video but it, i did it did i did feel it i i, I yeah I, yeah it's been interesting and when we were watching the wrestlemania 36 ones i kind of was able to put myself back in the moment a little bit and just kind of be like as i said on the first on the first night a little bit grateful that they did it even though it could be and probably was questionable that they did it at all but still feeling a little bit grateful because like, there was nothing else going on and yeah. here it felt like as you said at the start, oh, a crowd at last, finally, you know. And I think I mentioned maybe on your show, maybe on another show, uh, 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 around about the time, which was that I felt like don't, that all wrestling was getting a bump in the immediate aftermath of crowds coming back because people mm. were just so grateful to be able to go back to shows get the atmosphere going again and it felt like not only were people naturally just gravitating towards wrestling more but also that when they watched it even if you watched it on television the crowds were louder because they not been able to go for such a long time yeah. so that really felt i felt like that during this video for some reason it's interesting i was reading an article today funnily enough about the live that if you look at live entertainment so theater music sports everything it's in a, a versus pre-pandemic it's massively boomed and obviously mm. you've got big artists like taylor swift doing huge and like selling loads and loads and loads of unbelievable ticket sales and like eight nights at wembley stadium and she could probably do 25 nights of, but i think there is a there is a covid bump there is that you want to go and see the thing because you you had you didn't have it for so long uh, yeah. and actually you're absolutely right i remember some of those 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 early AEW shows at daily's place when they had a crowd back were like electric but it soon wears off unfortunately with the wrestling 
um, in terms of the atmosphere. But yeah, no, you're, you're completely right on that. But I remember at the time as well, I would go out of my way to watch sports. Like there's like a box. It was, I think Canelo Alvarez fought someone in Texas. And this was probably a couple of weeks after WrestleMania, this WrestleMania. And it was the first time they could sell it, sell it completely. And it was like a sold out. I can't remember what stadium was. Maybe it was A&T Stadium, but maybe it wasn't sold out. But I think at the time I was like, picking stuff out that you could watch an event with a crowd like there'd be a UFC in Abu Dhabi or something with a crowd I'm like well I'm going to watch it just because it's a crowd it's like I want to <laughs> hear that hear that atmosphere again yeah and I, I know there was some stuff in Australia like Big Bash I think the cricket had a crowd maybe the mid in the middle year because they didn't have any COVID around that time so yeah it's a strange old time wasn't it hopefully that's the only time we have to experience that in our lives I would hope I mean I I imagine it will be but I I don't think it'll be the only time that it's ne- necessary it that way we talked about at the beginning of the show kind of dietary stuff yeah and my wife works she's not just a vegan she also works in a, in a charity that's that talk, that does stuff about um animal welfare in food in general mm. and she was sort of saying that this is something that you know lots of people have been predicting will happen for a long time because the practices that are in farming not just internationally but in this country too are so bad and so poor and so unsanitary that this stuff is going to happen more often like it, there's going to be more like viruses like this that, that spread and are really 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 bad but i think the problem is is that the political will isn't there mm. so and i think that there's a there's a fear from politicians that if you locked people down again into such an extent even if it was necessary they'd feel a backlash and so i worry that it will be necessary again it just won't happen again which is more concerning for me but but there you go got a bit deep there apologies yeah i think the, the lack of crowds probably as well Stephen, affected you much more than than probably me especially in wrestling because not that i mean it did affect me massively or i it's not enjoyable watching anything without a crowd any sport but you really like being there don't you you yeah. really want to be there and that's the thing i've i think perhaps maybe the real separation between you and i in terms of our taste in wrestling is that you really want to be there uh you know obviously you go to rev pro regularly which is not probably just down the road from you or something it's not very far anyway it's within the same no. city. um <laughs> 45 minute journey back on saturday which is lovely but, yeah but you've also been to wrestlemania like i don't know how many times you've been to wrestle kingdom you know you've you've been all over the world to, to be there and it's mm. just not as important for me to be there you know for example it wasn't a big bind when i missed money in the bank or missed uh, all in you know last year if i have been considering going to all in this year i will wait and see what they actually serve up before yeah. i commit myself going there so i imagine for you it was probably harder be- simply because you want to be there and the i tell you what was even harder was football so i so my whole my whole i can't really remember a time when i wasn't going to fulham every other weekend for and, and actually in my in my in recent years quite a lot of away games as well but actually it's interesting ben i was sat at ref pro the other night and i was sat at an indie in, in wimbledon six or seven weeks ago and i think i've overdone it this year on live <laughs> events I, yeah. I genuinely do because i was a bit like you said about the some random six man tag. I don't need to see this. I sent at Rev Pro and the Rev Pro show was a four hour show that should have been a three hour show. If it'd been a three hour show, it'd have been great. And you know that thing where crowds really quiet for something. And you're like the venue was a bit shit. It was too hot. It was like Crystal Palace 
sports it's like a basketball arena with like a rot literally a swimming pool that's rotting the other side of the thing so it stunk and it was really hot in there and the crowd just like oh, and you're looking around thinking oh this is this is shit it'd be better at york call with smaller crowd blah blah blah. then all of a sudden they put on something you wanted to see and the crowd erupts and it's that mm-hmm. old thing i think paul bosch used to say if they're not, if the crowd's quiet because or, or the or the crowd is low in terms of attendance because you haven't got an attraction they're interested in seeing mm-hmm. uh, and i think that was really true but i was sitting there thinking i think i'm gonna leave i'm gonna not do quite so many next year so i'll do probably the four ref pro shows that are the big ones do all in i don't think wwe will do a pay-per-view here i might i might do leon if cm punk's there i've already kind of floated that at home because i'm i can't i'm not going to do wrestlemania though my pal lewis is going he's booked it actually with his daughter and his daughter doesn't know yet so that would be amazing for them um, awesome. it's really really good i think it's her around her 12th birthday so that's fantastic but yeah I, I do think i just need a little bit of a break but i think i don't know if you, this is the same for you at all and it might be completely different but i am i'm growing tired of queuing up to get in crappy toilets crappy food crappy journeys trains and tubes and driving i just kind of want my creature comforts a little bit more as i get older and that's one of the reasons why i've stopped doing a lot of away games of fulham because i just can't just can't face it i can't face the i can't face the expense for the limited return i suppose no, I mean, I, I I was season ticket holder for a long time at Rovers. I used to love it and I went away yeah. a lot. And and to be honest, since I stopped going, I've dramatically decreased my interest in football. So that, mm. that tells you that the, being there is part of what makes it you know special, exciting, everything else, and, and also keeps you coming back. That's the other thing, because you feel yeah. like you're part of a community, you feel like you're part of a, you know, whatever. It's a habit. It becomes a habit. But yeah, I imagine it, the, the, the lack of crowds, because you would have been in those crowds if you like would have would have been more impactful for you at this time getting back to the show the co-hosts of mania are introduced titus o'neill and hulk hogan and at this point it was when i thought to myself they're still piping in noise here this yeah. is not just the crowd there this is this, there's some they're piping in this stuff and i mean is there possibly a more awkward combination of guest hosts here as well hulk hogan with titus i mean this is the this is the classic classic racist caught out doing something well i've got i've got black friends it's okay i'm not a racist etc and that this was i mean I, I found this quite awkward and poor titus being put in this uh this situation here so yeah this was um i, f- I find it strange that a bit like we talked about about adam copeland and edge earlier on in terms of value what value did hulk hogan have after the scandal i don't i don't i just don't see it the value's gone so what what are you trying to achieve with this because I, I don't think people want to see him I, I, I said a few shows back I was there at 35 he came out everyone was looking at each other the old this feels a bit awkward kind of thing so yeah strange I agree and to be honest they did it with Alexa Bliss as well didn't they uh, yeah WrestleMania 35 I think it was when they had Hogan with her and it's like again what there's no value to this there's, there's absolutely no value no one needs nobody needs Hogan to be there it's just it, it doesn't need it just doesn't need to be it just doesn't he doesn't need to be there it doesn't offer anything no one's there to see him no one's gonna be added because he's there it's just pointless it's just a pointless exercise and it's not like he adds like a dimension to it like it's not like WrestleMania 30 where the three of them are in the ring and it's exciting and you've got yeah, this yeah. kind of you know this confrontation between these the, th- the three you know great wrestlers of the of the modern age if you like it's just a guy standing out in front of a crowd old and not really doing much yep absolutely so we've covered the first match shall we shall we dive into the second match or should we go for a break i think we i think we'll take a break there i don't i don't know whether or not that's gonna roughly put us halfway through might do might not but we've covered some other topics as well as the matches so um yeah let's take a break there and we'll be back after the break Rico. 
drip. MCMRZ. There's a rocker and a bunny we gotta put on blasty. Our rhymes are sweet, but our lucha's nasty. All bunnies are bad, little pieces of crap. But you don't got the crap your rabbit family has. You ain't OG like Bugs, Peter, and Roger Rabbit. What? You should be kissing their paws for luck, damn it. Didn't your cousin lose a race to a tortoise? Yeah. We, we kick faster than Chuck Norris. Right. Your moves, your songs, your kicks, they're, they're sloppy. sloppy. Just wasted mania. No, it's about your mind, poppy. They hop a little, we hop a lot. This is for the world, cities and white This is for the corner, hito y Que les van a patear a Chazarito This is for the world, cities and white This is for the corner, hito y Que les van a patear a Chazarito You make a profit from hopping, so yeah, you're well paid But if all bunnies are bad, that makes you a cliche Damien's career was an epic fail Till he grabbed a hold of that Sharper. They say you're a rock star, but nickel back rocks harder. Damien for the Hellboys, priest for the religionists, the rock star demographic, and the hot tub enthusiasts. What? Don't have to live forever to figure out who y'all are. You're a panderer, we're a superstar. They hop a little, we hop a lot. Brinca, hop, hop, we can't be stopped. Si se puede. They hop a little, we hop a lot. Brinca, hop, hop, we can't be stopped. Dance la bamba. Shove your Grammy straight up, yo. They hop a little, we hop a lot. Brinka, hop, hop, we can't be stopped. They hop a little, we hop a lot. Brinka, hop, hop, we can't be stopped. At WrestleMania, what do you expect? We put two clowns to sleep. That is correct. Tu sabe? Like you didn't know. Okay, welcome back. So, after the first match of the night, there's a backstage bit with Titus O'Neil and the NWO, and Bailey interrupts and tries to do the two sweet with them, but they don't want to do it back. Apart from Sean Waltman, who complies, and then Scott Hall also does it afterwards, and Waltman says he's a big fan. They eventually all leave her on her own. And at this point, I wanted to take a break and just say everything I've seen of uh, in terms of the things he does off screen, things he writes on Twitter and everything, make, leads me to believe that Sean Waltman is the most likable of the clique. I think you might be right. It helps the fact that I think I think. 
what for you, Tinky? I think it helps about that. Up until recently, he had a dog that he was very loyal to. That he oh, took I didn't, every, oh, I didn't really? know. Didn't even know so he, he had a dog, unfortunately. I think, well, I say recently, I mean within the last year, passed away. And it was like a little dog. I don't know what, I don't know what brand of dog it was. But um, he took that dog everywhere with him as well. Literally everywhere. But no, so it turns out he didn't know. But maybe that dog made him made him a nice guy. Who knows? Um, but no, I think, yeah, I think you're kind of right. I've heard little snippets of his podcast stuff and he seems to talk sense. But I can guarantee you from 95 to probably about 2010, he was probably an utter cunt. <laughs> probably. But it's just, the you know, for example, even when we when he did the Hall of Fame, uh, when I think it was the click. Was it, was it NWO or DX, DX when it's the Hall of Fame at, at WrestleMania 35 or whatever it was? And obviously Brett was on stage as well. Sean Waltman just seemed to be the most respectful person in terms of approaching everybody as they, as they, I was watching it as they went. And Sean Waltman just seemed to be the person doing it. And here, when he kind of does the two sweet with Bailey, he was the, he just genuinely seemed to want to make a point of doing it when he did it which i thought was quite interesting i wonder if is i don't know about this is he the only two-time inductee who's not in as an individual <laughs> probably yeah probably and he should well, be they, he should be in as an individual i think yeah i think so he's been a bit it was a large part of the late 90s part of the boom big part of dx yeah definitely and, and aside from anything else like the first really small guy to actually be on the main wwe roster under vince definitely like i don't think there's anyone as small as him for a long time well i also want mr hughes to go in the uh, hall of fame as well so. <laughs> no thoughts on this Stephen? or are you just uh... i'm sorry i've just had a really traumatic break unfortunately which i'll, which oh, I'll no. share with you both now i know obviously i'm only a parent of two cats at the moment rather than actual humans but we're having to try and get a urine sample from our cats she's not oh, ill no. or anything but you can imagine that is a, quite a difficult thing yeah. to try and do. So what you have to do is, so they've got a litter tray, we've got two cats, got a litter tray, and you've got to put in the litter, you've got to change the litter tray out and put this litter stuff that is not absorbent. So it's like these crystals that look like litter, but if you piss on that, it's not absorbing any of it. So I've got two cats. So if we see the other cat going towards it, we've got to guard him off, switch the litter trays around so he does a dumb. Or if it's during the day, we let him out. So while I'm on this podcast, the tray, the, the, the non-absorbent trays downstairs, and I get just before the break, a series of seven panic WhatsApps from my wife because the other cat, even though she's looking straight at the area where they walk past into this room, has gone in there and, and shat all over the non-absorbent crystals <laughs> and also pissed in there. And because the, the, what she didn't realise, is because the tray uh, the tray is actually a cardboard box and it's usually got uh, it's like a thing that auto auto like shoves it out so the piss has leaked all over the floor as well she's gone straight through the box so yeah i had to deal with that during the break so um bailey backstage is the least of my concerns <laughs> after, can I, can I, after all that can i tell you something that happened to me yesterday actually it's this uh, not related to X-Pac or Bailey, unfortunately, but uh, we went there to some friends' house for a pre-Christmas get-together. We've been potty training our daughter, uh, baby Shinsuke, and she is doing really well. I'm really proud of her. She's doing a really good job. Still hasn't quite figured out the difference between a poo and a fart. Yeah, which I was thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It could be, be a tricky thing to get your head around. And she's not been very well recently. Bless her. So um, she kind of was like, playing with some of the other little kids, and she came out and she was like, Daddy, pick me up. And I was like, I picked her up and held her. <laughs> and um, I was like, hmm, you've pooed, haven't you? And she was like, I need potty and you know sometimes it can be a bit delayed so I was like okay and I was like mm, 
this is a bit diarrhea isn't it <laughs> and i was like okay so we're like to my wife I was like, we need to get upstairs go upstairs and it's we ended up having to chuck her in the shower throw her pants and a tight suit and everything like that and then i looked down and my forearm i'm wearing the same jumper actually i probably should have washed it um but i haven't actually i haven't actually it didn't actually get on it i had my forearm was just covered in diarrhea which was horrendous it's absolutely horrendous oh my god that's so grim. sick is that the sort of thing that even when because I don't even I sniffed my hand a second ago before I told the story because I was wondering if I could still smell the cat yeah, piss yeah, yeah. but is this the sort of thing that even when it's gone you can kind of yeah. still sense it yeah, yeah. and the worst thing is some of it leaked into my watch so I'm not wearing I'm not wearing my <laughs> my usual watch I'm wearing my Apple watch and because I've got like a, a nice like silver kind of watch and it it got in underneath and between the watch and my like my wrist and so like even though I scrubbed the watch and scrubbed my wrist I was like I'm not putting that back on for a while oh my god that's gross. Lovely, lovely yeah. stuff. Um, X-Pac. So, yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Next up is the Tag Team Turmoil, which I know you're all very, very excited to talk about. There are, uh, I think, five teams in this, at least. Natalia and Tamina, Billy Kay and Carmelo, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, Lena and Naomi and the Riot Squad. It's a match that goes for 14 minutes and is won by Natalia and Tamina when they last defeat Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. Tom. Yeah, so this match wasn't looking forward to it. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't I wasn't particularly up for it. I like the fact that the early rounds are quite quick and basically they're, they're aiming basically to get the Riot Squad in there and when the Riot Squad being Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan come in, they do quite a lot of like interesting double team moves. I was a big fan of Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke wearing matching attire. It may, And with their blonde hair and their kind of pink slash lavender attire, maybe think of a 21 version of the Beverly Brothers but women and that concluded to me they could be called the Beverly Sisters because uh, they had a very similar look to them and I uh, get eliminated and the old Jabroni ring announcer whatever his name is calls him the Riot Squad and he's like the Riot Squad have been eliminated sorry <laughs> correction <laughs> Andy Rose and Dana Brooke have been eliminated which I was like do you know I bet Vince was fucking fuming about that backstage I've seen that guy since I bet he was livid I just I love the idea but I can imagine him just like choking poor like Jack Kona someone backstage in the gorilla position <laughs> then the an Italian to me to come out there's some pretty good fun double team moves like I said from the Riot Squad and it is at that point about you know probably about a minute before the end of the match that I re- realised that the Riot Squad had dressed up like the Joker and Harley Quinn and that's stage as well i don't know if either of you guys caught that but it took me a longer time than i think it should have and i love to see the heart attack as well with the uh, tamina and natalia utilizing that move they win the match get a shot tamina and natalia that being get a match uh the next following night at wrestlemania fine good way to get people on the card but didn't love it and would never ever watch it again Stephen, this is matt's favorite get everyone on the card wasn't it i thought it was pretty embarrassing at times actually and, and i thought the crowd actually would rather have been in lockdown rather than watching this <laughs> This was 14 minutes and 10 seconds of precious life. And actually, if you double it up because I watched it twice, that's 28 minutes and 20 seconds, which might or might not be, Tom, the perfect amount of time to have a poo, clean yourself, and then wait a bit to see if you need to clean yourself a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, so that was that. So that would have been a better use of this time. I actually completely agree with you, Stephen. This was embarrassing. The number of women in this match that, on this evidence didn't belong on this show or anywhere near the show was quite alarming for me i'd say lana billy Kay, who i am quite a big fan of in general like i think she's got a great personality but she also ruby riot and dana brooke all looked absolutely completely out of their depth now i'm i can put that down to maybe some nerves on some of their behalf like for example again we talked about a little bit with uh rhea ripley and getting emotional in front of the crowd i think this is probably ruby riot's first no it wouldn't have been she was there before i don't even know what i'm talking about i was gonna say it might be her first big show in front of a live crowd on the main roster but i don't think it was 
so I, don't, I can't explain it because I think in general, most of them are better than this, but they did look really poor. The other thing I maybe put it down to was that rush rushing at the beginning, Tom, that you talked about. Like it, it did just like they had no time to do anything. They just they were just trying to get their shit in straight away. And also the random pairings like Billy Kay and Carmella. Like what's what's that? Come on. Like they they've put no thought into this at all. They've given it you know, at the very least they could have at some point to build this tag team division, which they've never done adequately, put some teams together and kept them together for a period of time so that they actually felt like teams but they just didn't and it was yeah it was really bad this is really bad and lana and naomi was another team which is a bit weird but again at least they had matching flashy shoes yeah they They had the match they did have the matching flashy shoes it just yeah it was it wasn't good so next up we get um an appeal from the wwe superstars to get vaccinated And then some hype. Weird. For... Sorry, that's so weird. I was watching this and I was like, "Why? That's taking me back." <laughs> like it's just, it, I just really, really unsettling for some reason. It is like, weird because I think that the don't want to get too sort of political or whatever you would sort of describe it, but I think so I think we well we're we're all I think we whatever your view on it was at the time, I think we're probably all in a little bit of a different space. We're all probably pretty happy that our grands and I haven't well, I haven't had a grand since 1997, so she didn't get the vaccination. Um, but all of our, our mothers or whatever, our older relatives got vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. But and and we came out of the pandemic. But we are certainly in a different space from we, what we were sold in 2021, aren't we? I think whatever your views are, I don't want to get all controversial, but it, it certainly wasn't the social responsibility. You know, you're not going to catch COVID if you get vaccinated and you're not going to give it to someone because that's what we were told, wasn't it? I think. But it's not that, is it? So I think it, it is something very jarring about those things in comparison to what we were told i i would say and i'm not some sort of covid conspiracy person i just think i'm, g- I'm not I'm sure gonna, the facts are there are you going to disagree with that ben? i'm going to slightly disagree with that i do yeah. think that's exactly what we were told i think there are things that we were told at the time which are far more flagrantly bollocks than than how effective a vaccine would be let's say i don't think that they sort of turned around and said you'll never get covid if you get the vaccine or you'll I never give it to anybody else greatly reduced chances which i think is well, not, is a it, it, no, I think it was a case of you'll still get it, you just won't die. I definitely remember there being like a lot of stuff about you'll still get it, but it'll be milder. It won't be. It won't be as dangerous. So I, I think the social responsibility stuff was if we, if we all get, if we all, if we, if the three of us are all vaccinated, then we've got a, we've got a ninety, let's say nine, just plucking figures out this out of the sky, we've got a ninety percent chance we won't catch COVID, and if you can't catch it, you can't pass it on. So if you're being socially responsible, you should all get vaccinated. So then therefore you can't give it to somebody or you're less likely to give it to somebody. So you're, you're greatly diluting the chances of passing uh, it and, and I don't deny that, that that message probably went out. But then I would say that that doesn't necessarily mean that that was wrong or a lie. That potentially the other thing could be that not enough of the population got vaccinated. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, well, I, was on, are, I was on board with this. I was like. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who yeah. didn't. There are a lot of people yeah. who didn't and wouldn't. Yeah. And we're just like, you know, oh, you know, can't can't get vaccinated because, you know, they'll, I don't know, put put computer chips in our heads or whatever. Mm. I don't know. But without knowing either way, like I, I I'm I'm reluctant to turn around and say that was a little bit misleading because I don't I don't know that it was. Mm. I mean, I, I'm triple jab, so I should say I'm not I'm not I wasn't an anti-vaxxer. I, and I was very like I was very sort of it's, it's, it's social responsibility to get vaccinated. And I felt that the old anti-vax voice that you'd hear, I was quite anti that because I thought mm. it was, you know, you're not doing the right thing. But now I feel kind of differently on it. Or I'm, I'm glad that 
as I said at the start that every, you know people are vaccinated we came out of it and the, and the people stopped dying I suppose in, in greater numbers but it just feels very odd for me now I think I think also though who's to say it wouldn't still be absolutely awful if we didn't do it yeah so, possibly. so yeah. you see what I mean so you know, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe I just I'm struggling to know what you're struggling with. <laughs> maybe that's the problem. Um, I just think that perhaps, I, I get I guess perhaps it probably needs a little bit of framing. And I'll, I'll try this as quick as possible. During the pandemic, I was an absolute doom scroller. So I would consume every single what's the medical journal Lancet, every single article I could possibly get my hands on about this stuff. Every opinion piece, every anti-vax, every pro-vax, everything in the middle, because I was I had much more time on my hands and I felt like I'd got myself into a very odd bubble of COVID related stuff, I suppose. And felt like, you know, I just wanted to all the way through to the variants at the back end of this year, like read about it, blah, blah. You know, are they are they uh more you know, the vaccine's not quite resistant to this, all of this sort of stuff. So I think I got myself with a little bit of like kind of O C D that I have got myself into a space where I was probably consuming too much information about this. Mm-hmm. And I kind of came away from that as things came out, I suppose, and you moved away from sort of pandemic life back to you know some degree of normal life but now having this thrown at me feels it just feels jarring and i I, I don't i don't expect anyone else to feel that way but i just guess knowing my headspace at the the time and knowing what i know now it just feels a little bit yeah incongruent maybe jarring i don't know yeah i I had a cracking conversation once with a covid skeptic you went you know what the uh the name for the genome of covid is don't you and i was like no i don't (laughs) And he is. It's and he came up with this long word and he went, Do you know what that's a you, you know what that's an acronym acronym for? Government control. Oh my and I was God. like and I was like, I'm sure that if the government were looking to control us, they'd litter all these clues around <laughs> 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 you fucking nutter. Um I uh just you reminded me of something then, Stephen. It's very it's obviously sad to hear about your nan's passing in, in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, mine <laughs> died in very in nineteen ninety six. I was very I'm still not over it to be honest. Uh, but when you the way you said that reminded me there's a clip online, I don't know if any of you boys have seen it, but it's a guy and he's like reviewing like a curry and he's like, first of all, you got a nan, my nan's dead. And then all of a sudden he just looks completely he's like, oh, oh God. <laughs> he looks like he gets this horrific realisation and goes, anyway, um, <laughs> starts carrying a review. He's absolutely incredible. It's so funny. I'll, I'll make sure I send it to you boys in the group. So if you if you sign up for those thousand pound subscriptions, you'll get to see that. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Something, yeah. a clip that you can see for free on Instagram yeah. anytime. Then we get the hype video for Rollins propaganda extolling the virtue of Rollins while putting Cesaro down. This is ahead of Seth Rollins versus Cesaro, a strangely short 11 and a half minute match and where Cesaro gets the victory after a neutralizer. Stephen. Uh, so they were pushing Cesaro in 2021. He, who knew? Who knew? I certainly didn't remember this. Uh, and I know this was a small amount of people in a vast space. I don't know if the stadium holds 65, 70 or 1,000, and it was probably a quarter full. I guess this is pretty much like a dynamite in 2024. Boom, boom. <laughs> Uh, but still, I mean, it's like, much better, much better attended than a yeah, dynamite, mate. Oh, I'll tell you what, better. I'll tell you what, old man absolutely burned the fuck out of AW with almost exactly that joke. Oh no, you oh, haven't yet heard. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that, but they still they weren't engaged. I don't know if it was they weren't mic'd properly, or they weren't engaged. Probably they weren't engaged, but I thought there were moments where there should have been more of a reaction to this than we got. Um, there were tw- it was a 23 repetition swing. I started counting and I, was like, I can't be bothered, but it wasn't 23 uh, repetitions. 
fucking rubbish at wrestling crowds are so incredibly inept at counting yeah. the amount of swings they do because there's one the first one he does they counted nine but it was clearly seven yeah no it was and they went high kind of they kind of count every halfway don't they which yeah. is a bit uh an odd one um i thought they worked really hard and it was good but that was it it was just mi- kind of okay to good i suppose for me this one yeah th- there's some pretty cool spots in it like, there's a really nice like um really nice cork, like weird corkscrew splash that cesaro does which i've never seen before not that not the star sorry that um rollins does which is quite interesting so i've never seen it which in, in retrospect must be a terrifying move to do there's a really nice sequence where it, there's like a flip into a neutralizer attempt into a pedigree to a really close near fall which is really good there's some nice moments where seth runs up the turnbuckle for a superplex and rolls through into a falcon arrow which looks great um but yeah you're right it's it's there's not that much there's not that much really to say about it, like other than the fact they work reasonably hard. I also do love the older, the no-handed torture air, rack aeroplane spin. So I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, how is that a thing? But yeah, a match that I think probably would have been better with a better build. Yeah, I don't know. This weren't as up for it as, as I thought they would have hoped it'd been. Were they really pushing Cesaro in 2021? This is the third match on night one of WrestleMania. It doesn't feel like they're pushing him much if they it's are. beat Rollins, though. Yeah, that's true. And I, this is why I found it really odd that it was 11 and a half minutes. Just yeah. didn't make sense to me at all. I just, it was fine. But I was like, this is way lower than they should they are capable of i'm sure of it like i don't have any evidence about that up i can couldn't point you to a match between them which is better but cesaro alone is capable of far more than this and it just felt like a i think just a little bit of an empty an empty gesture in some ways to cesaro oh, here's your here's your wrestlemania win there you go mate have your have your wrestlemania singles win that's what that's what it felt like it almost yeah. felt like seth sort of said i've got nothing to do at wrestlemania let me put cesaro, cesaro over and give him his singles match win and vince is like, all right then fine whatever yeah 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 i think you're probably right then we get some footage of smackdown where andre the giant battle royal happened the winner was jay uso wow how the mighty have since risen not four yeah um and also footage of the four-way tag team title match won by the dirty dogs uh then kayla braxton interviews the dirty dogs and she asks them about the rule tag team title match later in the night and they provide some inanity in response anything on these two bits well, they do their best to put over AJ and Omas, I suppose, don't they? Uh, yeah. The Dirty Dogs were interviewed by Kayla. I did quite like the fact that they said the Hall of Fame class are waiting to have their pictures taken with us, which uh, just made me chuckle a little bit. But, yeah, not much to report, really. I just think if you're going to have a little into segment, can we not have AJ Styles and Omas before their match? Like, what's what's the problem there? Why do we have to have the Dirty Dogs who are not a part of the match, not a part of the night in any way? Why, why are they got to have this interview? just don't understand it. So it means you'd have maybe more screen time with Omas and he doesn't know anything about what's going on ever. Well, that's fine. He could just stand there. AJ can do all the stuff. But, you know, they're going to win the tag team titles in a minute. Just <laughs> give them some mic time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or have Cesaro reacting to the fact that he's just won at WrestleMania. Like, just something that's about the people that are in the matches. I think I think all they cared about was filling the time so that... Uh, the people that pay for Peacock's uh, premium had this, and then the pause basically uh, <laughs> had some adverts, didn't they? Basically, yeah, you're, yeah. Right. you're right. That's next up then. AJ Styles and Omos defeat the New Day for the Raw Tag Team Titles in just under 10 minutes when Omos hits a powerbomb style move on Kingston, then pins him with one foot. Tom. So this this match is really weird. I I was really it's it's a really it's almost done in reverse, like it's the good guys 
dominating a heel in AJ Styles, waiting for a hot tag from the monster. It's like it's a bizarro world version of what ordinarily happens in a wrestling match. I thought there was really good chemistry between Kofi in particular and AJ Styles. I thought they did some really good work together. And I enjoyed Kofi twerking just because I could imagine how much it would annoy Matt. When he would have just <laughs> sat there just being absolutely livid watching it. But yeah, it's basically a, effectively a handicap match for the majority of it until Omos tags in, tags in and dominates. And it made me think about how I may have done it differently. And I would have had Omos start and basically dominate the New Day. Then eventually one of them catches Omos with something. He tags in AJ. They have a bit, ramp up the action a little bit. And then Omos comes back in and beats them. I think that would have worked a little bit better because basically New Day, who are the babe faces, are really obnoxious in this match. And it, just didn't, it didn't really work for me. The pop when Omos gets in there is mad. Because I was like, my God, this guy's the worst wrestler I've ever seen. And I, I say that. I would take... I would take Giant Gonzalez over Omas because at least he looked interesting. I think Omas is awful. He might be the worst wrestler of all time. He doesn't even know at the end of the match. He doesn't even know how to hold the belt. <laughs> it was awful. So I didn't. I didn't really think much of this match. I think it could have been better than it was because of the layout and the structure. Of the match was done very strangely for me. Um, if I'm honest, I struggled to keep my attention. As I mentioned earlier, things were just happening during me watching the show. And my front door went probably about 45 seconds in. And it was a young guy. You don't get this very oh, yeah. often. Yes, yes. I, I dialed 1-800-YOUNG-GUY to my house. Um, <laughs> and he's working for a local charity. And I did the classic, oh, I'm on a work call. I'm really sorry. Trying to be as polite as possible. And he was like, oh, can I come back then? And I was like, oh, God, this is going to get a little bit awkward. And so I'm, I, we, we already donated some charities here. So you're probably not. And then I said, I was trying to like soften the blow. And I said, I, I'm really sorry. I hope it's not too cold out there on a day with a high temperature of seven <laughs> degrees and consistent drizzle. So he walked back down the drive. And I just thought, I just, I just, it's just awful, awful interaction. And I had to come in and make notes on this bloody tag match. So yeah, it was with this all those feelings swirling around my head i just thought omus was terrible and i hated you about the the kofi stuff i hated his dancing i just thought what's he doing his tag team title match at wrestlemania just be serious though the trombone did make me think of rod trombone from that awa (laughs) pay-per-view that we watched yeah and that's all i've got on uh on uh kingston and woods versus aj and omas i'm afraid not good and how do you pronounce his name is it omos is it omas omas why is his name uh, I think it's Omas, isn't it? I think. But it's not O M O. It's not M O M A S. No. That makes sense. It's O M O S. How can yeah, it be Omas? We need to ask if he's sorted out the flooding in the backfield, Tinky. <laughs> <laughs> no, Poor old Zach Dingle died, didn't he, recently? Yeah. This is that story. I think. I think Amos uh, is a long time before. I think that. Amos is before Zach Dingle. In fact. Yeah. Amos is uh, 80s, isn't he? As far as you guys can remember that. Funnily enough, my memory of Emmerdale Coronation Street is better from the late, the early 90s than now for, by a long okay. way. Like, yeah, I yeah. literally have no clue what they, what's happening now. But it's, it's also, what my reference to it is I've never watched an episode of Emmerdale in my life. It's a line from Bottom. Oh, okay. Sorry, I yeah. thought it was about Amos Brearley from, from Emmerdale. He is. So, he is. Yeah. Oh, he is. you're right. He is. He is talking about. Okay. Oh, oh okay. is that right. Emmerdale sorry, there? Sorry, as, sorry. As, as Matt sorted out that problem with Amos in the top field. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. Wow. God. Anyway, Omos and AJ Styles against the New Day. Yeah, this is this is pants, isn't it? It's like pants. It's I I'm with you, Tom. Well, it's all backwards. They're they're building up the anticipation for Omos to come in, but no one cares. Also, what's he wearing? 
like they they make a note on commentary about it and they go oh i guess if you're you know if you're seven foot three or whatever and you're as dominant as he is you know you can wear what you want i'm like fine but don't pick that it's fucking boring as hell like it's just normal clothes it's just like doesn't oh it's rubbish at least at least don't gonzalez had fake fair fake hair even yeah yeah fake fur and like pretend abs and everything like that's great but this was just stupid and i don't really know what they've achieved with Omos either seriously what have they achieved with him the only thing they've achieved with him is make the undertaker look stupid by te- by telling everyone that he's the best big man in the history of the business yeah, and since I could, andre the giant wasn't it yeah, better than yeah, andre the giant or yeah maybe is yeah maybe will be better than andre the giant it's like like seriously either someone's fed you that and and you've not successfully turned around and said no way i'm not saying that because that's stupid or you genuinely believe it and you're an idiot and i don't i don't particularly like mark calloway but i don't think he's an idiot so i can only imagine that someone asked him to and he was like all right fine i'll do it and i just thought what a what a like if you're gonna the only value now the undertaker's got for you is a bit of credibility you know if you want if you want to put someone over and he could in a non-cave fabe set and put someone over that they want to put over and make get people's eyes on him it's not going to work with her boss. You can see he's rubbish. No. Yeah, I didn't like this. I didn't like this at all. And as I said, I don't know what they've accomplished with Omos at all. It felt like a diversion for AJ Styles for probably the last six months of the career that he's been able to have while he was still relatively decent. I mean, he may surprise us and come back decent once more, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, I did think that, actually. I thought to myself at the time, he's kind of never been the same since, although he did a return last Friday looking absolutely ripped as well. I think yeah. you may have mentioned the older Titan Sports protein shakes again, Stephen, but um, he looks... I'd say with Randy Orton, both of them have come back, both absolutely ripped to shit, haven't they? He's going for uh, boss of the year, isn't he? He's letting the boys have their sweets, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you're injured, really, and kind of, you know, well, you know what it is. You know what it is. It's all, all of the old boys are on testosterone re- replacement therapy that can, they can get by by prescription. So I, I'm not I'm not suggesting that there's any quote unquote abuse going on. But I think that's what it is. That's why these old, older guys, because they've probably done done some stuff at some point in their lives, as we all have. And you you got this set at forty, you chaps. You go into your forties, your testosterone levels do reduce. I could probably get a prescription for um, testosterone re- replacement therapy. And if I was a, a, a big guy who's had a history of bodybuilding and etc. like that, and I was still training really hard. I would be probably in better shape than I've ever had been because I've got all this testosterone being put in my body. So it's probably a little bit different from the the excesses of the 80s and 90s and 2000s. But still, I'm not sure you're supposed to look like that at that, that age, really, are you? So I'm not sure the long the long term effects of some of this stuff probably aren't aren't well known. Maybe like not. vaping. Like what? Sorry, vaping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and vaccinations because we have another vaccination appeal next and this is where i did feel a little bit over the top i like we just had one like 45 minutes ago i'm not sure you need another one like we get it fair enough but this is another one what, what's going on i'm not going to touch it. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad i brought it up in the first place now so i'm not going to touch on it again <laughs> <laughs> uh sasha banks shown warming up ahead of the night's main event then we get a hype video stroman saying that shane has something against him shane then says that it's because braun is stupid shane then attacks braun with something i can't read what i've written here so apologies dungeons him doesn't he i can't i can't <laughs> see what it is something curve it begins with a c but i can't 
Oh, camera with a video, the, the, the right. camera. He then elbows him through the announce table and then dumps fluorescent green paint on Braun. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off back to fucking Funhouse with Pat Sharp, you cunt. Or we get your own back. Noel's house party, mate. We haven't, we haven't quite got to the end of this yet, though. So Shane then has to back out of a match at Fastlane due to a knee injury. Uh, then Shane's injury is exposed as being fake and Braun Strowman choosing a cage match when Shane offers him any match he wants. What? I've quite literally written awful, awful build to this one. Do you either of you remember the comic relief gunging? Maybe. <sighs> I mean, see, this, this is... See, this is the thing. I know there's not a huge number of years between us, but I do think 18 months to two years is quite a lot when you're because that that's shifts your earliest memories but you forward by a couple of years, isn't it? So I, th- I think like 80, 80, 88, 89, 90, around that sort of time, Comic Relief used to make a big thing about gunging a particular celebrity. And that was like a big story throughout comic relief i don't know this is i'm not sure this is that interesting a story to be honest i've started i'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest i'll be honest it's the most boring story i've ever heard <laughs> do you know what i even i even i even googled comic relief gunging so i was trying to present you with some facts of some of the people that actually got guns oh, but go on then you know i promise ben by january i'm next no, on i'll do a better job like, I, I really like, will he's like bruno brooks <laughs> rod, rod hull <laughs> Bloody, uh, yeah, Anthea Turner, Anne and Nick, uh, <laughs> just every, every every kind of half famous person from. It's really weird as well. If you watch something like from one of the comedy shows in the early nineties and stuff, like just the numbers of people that I know, but are like, whoa, what happened to them? Like they're just nowhere anymore. So I think the eighty-eight one was Sarah Green's husband. Do you remember Mike Smith? I don't, no. even, I don't even know who Sarah, Sarah Green. Green. Is. <laughs> fuck's sake so old i'll carry on this this show bloody hell get get just get the microphone away from me i think Stephen, what happens with you in the your references as well is that they are slightly elongated by the fact that you've got i think you said two older sisters or an older sister yes and two i older think sisters. and i think yeah. that that i mean tom has as well got an older sister as well but uh only a couple of years older whereas i think yours are a good few years older from my, my middle sister's 10 years older than me yeah there you yeah, go so like, i think yeah. that they elongate your memory just a little bit as well yeah. because of that do you think that's where you get your love for reality tv from as well well i don't think so because big brother wasn't till 2000 and my middle Mm. sister moved out in 92 under acrimonious circumstances so just before summer that's not uh that's not a podcast story i'm afraid tom she was gunged (laughs) (laughs) yeah she was gunged by mike smith and sarah green so no i don't know i just always have liked reality tv but then i do you again this do you remember start the stuff that's on sky one before big brother so it was reality tv before that actually the the earliest one was real world on mtv do you remember that yeah, yeah, I remember. No. I never watched it, but I remember it. Real World was great. Judd Winnick was on there, wasn't he? He was a comic. He ended up becoming a famous comic book writer. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really good show. But I, I'm sensing you don't want me to talk about reality TV anymore, so I'm going to perhaps stop. <laughs> yeah, please stop. <laughs> then well, I can't remember. Which, oh yeah. The, so to add to the build for this match, then we get an, a guest commentator. It's Jerry the King Lawler. Lovely stuff. It's like as if as if I couldn't be fucked with this match enough. <laughs> they then wheel out this fucking old pervert to, to talk nonsense on the on the on the fucking microphone. Just I was I was came to this match and I was so down on this already. I was like, oh fuck off! I'm not interested in this shit at all. 
that's not the attitude to have as this match was dedicated for everybody who's ever been called stupid which by the way is everybody because everybody at some point has been called stupid even if they're not Braun Strowman defeats Shane McMahon after 11 and a half minutes Strowman uh, hits a power slam and pins Shane for the victory Stephen Surely the most stupid thing of all is provoking an absolute roid monster by calling him stupid. So that makes you more stupid than him. And then and then saying you can choose any match you want, mate. Yeah, I'll yeah. I mean, this was... Strowman, we talked about bodies. I mean, that is worryingly huge and ripped. I thought this was the last thing this show needed at this point. Uh, to be fair, there was one innovative spot where Braun pulled the side of the cage apart to prevent Slime mm. Climb. Simon climbing down was Shane climbing down Shane did a big flip bump which must have hurt like hell but yeah skip skip this match find that online if you want to but just don't watch this whatever you do I I think I'd rather listen to you talk about celebrities being gunged in the 80s and quite relief (laughs) well funnily enough one of my 12 podcasts at Christmas that have just come out is two hours of me talking about my favorite reality TV moments interspersed with my favorite gungings. So I think that was the fourth day of progress <laughs> moments. So yeah, check that out. They're all available now. Wow. <laughs> uh, it was a highlight. I loved that. The build up again. They also do the Shane injury gimmick again, which they did in the build up to his tag match with Daniel Bryan uh, versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at the WrestleMania we watched a couple of weeks ago. So I was uh, retreading that, that again as well. The only highlight of this is the bit where Braun rips the side of the cage when Simon's mm. trying to get down. <laughs> <laughs> And Simon, Simon Mayo, maybe? Yes. <laughs> yes. Mayo's slightly gungy, isn't it? I suppose, yeah, so we'll go with that one. I just thought it was fucking shit. It's just basically, they're like, oh, what can we do to make Shane try and make himself the biggest thing on the card while simultaneously attempting to kill himself? Just fuck off. Fuck off this match. Tom, can I just ask a question there? Do I want to test the water here a little bit? So I, I'm pretty sure Stephen got that I was talking about Simon Mayo, the person, not just making mm. up a name. You knew Simon Mayo was. He's as well. a radio yeah. DJ. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah he is Simon now. Mayo, is yeah, but you, gee, the way you said it was like as if I'd made up a name for Shane McMahon <laughs> rather than I was like, no, 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 no. no, 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 no ketchup's coming next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Nigel Ketchup, Barry <laughs> Barbecue is going to come down in a minute. No, of course I know Simon Mayo is. You can't. I'm not that fucking stupid. No, it's just the way you said it. It's just the way you said it was like. Like, oh yeah, the same. Yeah, that'll do. Mayo will do. Like, yeah, but as if, it's, as if, it's, it's quite gungy though, isn't it, Mayo? That's why. That's why. It's no, it. but that's what I'm saying. It sounds like you didn't know who Simon Mayo was. Ooh, and what okay. Mayo are you having that's gungy, by the way? Well, is it's it like, quite smooth. Well, it's, I think gungy's probably the smooth. Isn't it? Wow, wow. <laughs> well, um, you went quite cockney then. To, wow. <laughs> well, well, spins, spins. Um, what? What? Uh, there used to be a, a kid we had to school called Phil Blundell, and he did an amazing Trevor Brooking impression. And he used to just oh. go, he used to just go, West Ham, West Ham. What condiment would you, if you had to take a bath in a condiment? <laughs> What 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 would it be? Both of you. Um, just just the condiment, nothing else. Yeah yeah yeah. Can't dilute it with anything. Salad uh, cream. Oh, okay. Fucking love me some salad cream. You just like spoon it out with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I'd be worried if it was ketchup, it went behind Tom. I can't have that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's got to be on brand. Yeah, it's, it's got, got to be cost efficient and well bathed. What did you say, Stephen? I think it'd be the same because I think ketchup might sting oh, well, in, your, it, in your places. Oh, it would do. That's that's also why I didn't go for like reggae, reggae or sriracha, because <laughs> that would be quite painful. I think it would probably mm. be mayo because it yeah. doesn't, doesn't really have an mm. odour. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, you're right. just bathing yourself in eggs. I could have vegan mayo as well, which is yeah. obviously no eggs as well. So that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's that's good to know. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. If it was a so hot we, day though, I think it'd go off quite quickly, wouldn't it? Oh, so, it'd, it'd yeah. probably solidify, wouldn't it? You'd be yeah. stuck in it, trapped in it forever. Ah, eat, you, eat your way out. <laughs> get me out of this fucking bath of mayo. <laughs> I think, in despite of that, in spite of that kind of potential hazard, we've all agreed, and I'm very pleased that we've cut to the bottom of the fact that vegan mayo is probably the best thing to bathe in if you have to bathe in yes, a condom. There we go. Like gravy. I mean, gravy's not a condiment, but it'd be nice and warm. It might be too warm. Not though. for long, though. Mm. And it might be too warm. That's true. Yeah, gravy's not a condiment, though. Is no, it? no, I was just going to say, no, it's not It's not a condiment, not having that. No, okay, fair enough. Well, it's a good thing I didn't say it then. Yeah. Okay. Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. Yeah, shit. <laughs> shit. It's, it's really shit. Like, and it, everything about it is bad for me. Everything. And that's what I'm going to say. I just didn't like it at all. Do you, you want to talk about stupid? Braun Strowman selling Shane McMahon's punches. That's fucking stupid. Mm. I was watching, I was like this. Like, even if I wasn't, like, I can understand them doing the attack at the beginning. I think Elias and some other prick come out and start an attack Braun Strowman before the match. And even that, to give Shane McMahon a, a mild advantage, I can kind of believe. But in no way, shape or form should Shane McMahon show up any kind of competitive fighting against someone the size of Braun Strowman. It's just crap. It's yeah, absolute- but... He's been doing it since WrestleMania 32, since The Undertaker. So it's like, come on. like it, uh, I think this is the last one, though, right? I think we're, we're done now with the Shane matches. I he can't comes remember. out uh-huh. quad, doesn't he? You've yeah. got the best Shane thing of all, though, to come, haven't yeah. you? Well, I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, anyway. Then after Strowman, Strowman? <laughs> Strowman has won a victory for every person that's ever been called stupid, we get a fireworks display to celebrate the fact. Bailey then interrupts Michael Cole at the announce table and introduces the 2020 Hall of Fame induction highlights. The uh, class this time around is JBL, the Bella Twins, Jushin Liger, William Shatner, David Boy Smith, Titus O'Neil, who's the Warrior Award winner, and the NWO. And this is, of course, the Hall of Fame class from the previous year as opposed to this year because they couldn't go in the previous year. It's a pretty stacked year, really, if you think about it. Like, pretty reasonably stacked. I haven't got too many complaints. Shatner's a weird one. I did have issues with the NWO world title belt that hogan brings out in that it just looks so shit it looks really like 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 literally it's like one of the ones you'd buy off mm. the show it looks like someone's nicked it from the from the merch stand like it doesn't look like a real championship belt which i thought was pretty poor no they did that small was. one didn't they? they did that small one as well like that actual legit legit small one which was much smaller than the original big gold belt yeah. mm. which it would have never been called the big gold belt if it was that size when it first Little little gold, probably. Little gold belt, yeah. The 2020 class then introduced the live crowd, and this is where I put word for Sean Waltman. And again, he was just class. He went up to everybody, shook everybody's hands, but didn't do it in, again, didn't do it in the kind of jumping around, going mad. Just very, very gently walked up, shook people's hands, kind of bowed his head a little bit. I was just like... He just seems like a class guy. Looks like he seems like a nice guy. I thought by this stage as well they'd brought back the proper Hall of Fame music, but they haven't, have they? Mm. Still the rubbish, rubbish one. Um, I also quite enjoyed the Bellas having a little dance to the NWO music when that came out. Quite enjoyed that bit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got just glad I, yeah, I haven't talked about that woman's cleavage. You did America the Beautiful yet? I know Stephen oh, had we... his eyes on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually said that was Matt's favourite bit of the show, pretty much. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I actually, sorry, I must be honest, Tom. When I wrote that about Matt, I thought I was on with Matt. I think I'm on with Matt with next time. I thought we, I thought it was the other way around. I thought we were in January. So, that was, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Matthew. 
This is in January, Stephen. Remember, this is in oh, January. Oh, God. Yeah, God. The later one. The later one. The January. Sorry, the recording in January. No, what, what wipe mean, the yeah. rabid foam from your chin and start here, Stephen. <laughs> flipping out. Right. Just move, just move on for me. I've got nothing left. Next up, we get Steve Austin introducing a video announcing Dallas for host of WrestleMania 38. We'll be covering, Wrestle, covering, covering WrestleMania 38 in four weeks' time, but not before night two of this particular WrestleMania. Uh, before the Bad Bunny match, Booker T is introduced for commentary of that one. Um, and of course, he. this is the main reason why Bad Bunny's got this stuff with, going on with WWE, because he did the song Booker T. After the Booker T match, the, not the Booker T match, he's not in it, the Bad Bunny match, WWEshop.com advert for the official WWE title belts, which I imagine is where Hulk Hogan had got his belt yeah. from. Then we get a recap of the opener for some reason, don't know why, and some hype for tomorrow. Co-hosts Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil, The Fiend versus Orton, Asuka versus Ripley, Owens versus Zane, Big E versus Apollo Crews, Matt Riddle versus Sheamus, uh, Baszler and Jax, the women's tag team champions against Natalia and Tamina for their victory earlier in the night, and Reigns versus Edge versus Bryan in the main event. All of that to look forward to in two weeks' time. Got a very impressive pad we saw a little glimpse of there, Ben. Is it some sort of book? Yeah, nice. I've shown you this before. I've shown you this before, haven't I? You bloody have, Ben. I enjoyed it the first time you showed it to me as well. <laughs> He's um, a dirty little book. <laughs> These are my notes books for all my notes. But yeah, I've got like yeah. four of them now. It's mad. So then we get the hype video for the main event. Bianca Belair winning the Rumble. Sasha confronting Belair on Raw. Random arguments between the two about who's the best one or who's good and who's not. Not a great story, I thought, for this. Not a very good build. Any thoughts on that? I remember we covered this Royal Rumble. Mm didn't we and i remember at the time really enjoying the women's rumble and even though i hadn't really seen much of bianca Belair, there was a something about her that made me want her to win the rumble and when it showed the footage of the bit in the rumble that i enjoyed the most which is right at the end when it comes down to bianca and rhea ripley and they're on the side of the apron both feet about to the floor and they're dangling and they both have this moment of like hang on a second let's just get back in the ring and start again which i thought was absolutely genius and i really enjoyed it again you're right about there not being much of a story but i was watching watching it and i was like they've done a, they do a real job in making sasha seem like a massive deal and then i got really fucking annoyed when i was watching it because i was like fucking hell WWE, you dickheads like what have you done why did you why on earth did you not like in back up or reverse as we say in this country a huge van with shit tons of money in it and just be like sasha please stay don't go anywhere because the fact that she is not there now is so fucking criminal it's it's unreal and i got really genuinely i've never i don't think i've ever reacted like this <laughs> I was watching wrestling i got really really annoyed at wwe because she is absolutely amazing and, and the video footage they did just kind of of, of her and the build-up to this video a build-up to this match so it really made me think like oh she was amazing she's coming back i was gonna say she, she'll, she'll be back yeah i think she yeah. is now but i don't understand, i don't understand the intricacies of her deal so she's with new japan but works on start with what wrestled in stardom is that correct i think i think her deal was she had a new japan contract for a limited number of dates mm. and she worked i think only did she work one or two starter matches maybe two starter matches in that but that's done now i think she's she's clear like it, she, she can she can do I, th- I believe she can do whatever she wants i don't think there's any dates left on new I japan think- deal I think she was pretty much freelance. I mean, wasn't she? She could pretty much do what she wanted. Oh, yeah. As long she, as she showed up for those dates that they yeah. had planned with her. I think she could do what she, she wanted. 
she could have worked AEW during that time, but yeah. I think the, the thing with AEW is they wanted her, they wanted a two year commitment minimum from her, and, and she wasn't willing to. As far as, as far as it seems, unless she turned up on Dynamite last week or whatever, I think that's the reason why she hasn't signed. But and, and, and thank God she, she hasn't. Was she uh, uh, all in? Yeah, yeah, but in the crowd, wasn't she? And yep. so, and it does make me think. Obviously, there's been a change, a huge change in the hierarchy in WWE since she left. So it wouldn't surprise me if she came back. But it just made me think. I know, and the good thing is, I guess as well. Like obviously, Triple H is obviously a big fan of hers as well. So you imagine that won't get wasted again. I like to think that you know those mistakes would be made. But it just made me think. I was like, what a fucking waste. What a waste. Yeah. They could have had two, was it two years since she left? Something like that. Two years of her in a prime still, like mm. could have built the company around her, had her as the face of the company. I think her and actually Bianca Blair is a great example of it as well. Well, Sasha Banks could be and potentially even surpassed the, the role that Bianca Blair is currently in in WWE. Yeah, I was just gutted. I was gutted after, after I watched well, this. Well, as we said, I don't think you need to be gutted. She'll be back. She's coming back. She's going to yeah. come back. I mean, look, this is what Triple H said about her. Something to the effect of like, uh, she's an unbelievable performer that I believe in with everything that I have. That is one of the biggest stars in our business. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, she's coming back. <laughs> Simple yeah. as that. She's going to be coming back. And Chips is getting them all back. They're all coming yeah, home. Well, he's just, he's just, to be honest, he's just doing, he's just being smart about it. He's just doing yes, his job. Is. He's just doing his job. Let's be clear. Like he's, he's not an idiot. He's just, yeah. not an idiot. you know what I mean? He's just, he's going, you know what? This person's good. And they had a relationship with this company. They can have another one. They've gone out and sampled the world. Sasha's gotten gotten injured. She's had she's maybe see, done what she wanted to do out there. She's worked New Japan. Did she was she at Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah, she's at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't a great moment in Sasha's career, but yeah, but, but <laughs> she was on. there. But she was there. Yeah, she was there. She did that. She she scratched that itch. Now she can come back. Yeah and do what we wanted, always wanted to do. I just didn't think the build was very good, though, for this match. So the match itself is 17, just over 17 minutes, and is won by Bianca Belair when she hits the KOD, I believe is the name of her, na- her, work, her move, and she mm. pins Sasha to win the title. First thing I want to ask you about before we get into the match is, what is with the erroneous call by Michael Cole saying that she kicked out? At that point, Sasha kicked out at that point. I don't know whether this is him making a mistake and they'd they'd botched something or that this was a legitimate creative decision to see what it would be like, because they obviously do it the other way all the time. (laughs) So maybe they just thought, oh, maybe why don't you just say she's kicked out and then go, oh, no, she didn't. Sorry, I got it wrong. But whatever. It was so bizarre. It took away from the end for me. I think he made a mistake. I think that's all it was. Yeah, I think he made a mistake. But surely really they could have edited that out. We've seen them muck around and edit stuff out. So why not just clip that bit of audio out of it? I didn't understand. I'm surprised they didn't. I was I was waiting for that, but they did. They, yeah, they didn't. They didn't edit it out. But sometimes it's not easy. You know, sometimes yeah. depending on what other noise is happening at the same time and that you might need to keep in, mm. it's not always the easiest thing to do. And yeah, I'm sure sure they've got different audio channels for the, all the different mics and, and everything, yeah. but sometimes you just don't know it's not always the most easy thing to do as you as you well know oh yeah having to edit out some of the absolute shash that we talk in fairness though all of our stuff comes through the same channel so it is impossible to get rid to to separate certain things the person Um, that shouted at michael barrymore when the three count that was cut out but the the michael (laughs) cole mistake wasn't yeah so what do we think tom you were desperate to talk about this match this match is fucking brilliant 
I think this match is absolutely incredible. I think the crowd for a start are playing their parts perfectly. There was a smattering of come on, Sasha, let's go, Sasha, then uh, countered by the EST chants. But uh, they, they was the crowd really chanting, come on, Sasha, let's go, Sasha. Come on, Sasha, let's go, Sasha. They were singing, come on, Eileen. Sorry, that's what they were singing. I got confused. <laughs> no, they, yeah, it was it go, let's, go, let's go, Sasha, EST is what they were yelling. Yeah. They so that's what Say, come on Sasha let's go Sasha <laughs> um, but yeah they're, they're playing their parts one being the heel one being the face the I really like that they do a good job in kind of demonstrating like Bianca's strength so there's a moment where she does like a gorilla press or she picks Sasha up after an attempted suicide dive then gets her in a gorilla slam position and carries her up the stairs and back into the ring which was very impressive yeah. um, and they showed that kind of thing but what they also did really well was really demonstrate kind of Sasha Banks's like viciousness and mean streak that she had in order to like get her advantage of it there, there's one slightly dodgy splash I think frog splash I think that Sasha Banks does which looks really crap but other than that there's there's no faults in there Bianca hits an incredible running shooting star press the use of Bianca, of Bianca Belair's hair both for and uh, to be used by her and against her was brilliant. The fucking whip that she does, she whips Sasha Banks in the stomach with her hair and it makes a sickening noise, so much so that I thought it must have been dubbed over. But then you actually see Sasha Banks' side yeah. afterwards and it's just horrendous. I, I actually watched it and I went, fuck, really loudly in the living room on my own watching it. But I guess the, the, the biggest thing about it all is that Bianca Belair is probably my favourite wrestler in WWE at the moment and there's just something about her as a baby feast that makes me want to want her to win and succeed. And I can't even really put my hand on it. My, my hand, I can't put my finger, which is part of my hand. I suppose. <laughs> so I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but there's just something about her that makes me want her to win matches. And I think she's just amazing. The, the emotion at the beginning of the match is really powerful as well. I think because obviously the fact that there's two black women headlining WrestleMania for the first time, it's a powerful, important moment. They get it right in that the right person wins. And it's an, an exceptional match. That I really, think could have probably gone on for another five ten minutes so i thought it was really really good and that is my match of the night yeah i thought bianca's tears and the the crowd eruption that completely got me and this this is it doesn't happen too often these days when i feel like i've watched so much wrestling and for podcasts certainly over the last couple of months but i was genuinely excited to be at to, to have the chance to watch this again sasha's original music was so much better than this dodgy remix yeah do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I thought Sasha's, Sasha's original um, original music was really iconic. I thought this match was really, really, really great. I liked this a lot on the night, but like the opener, I thought this was even better watching it again. And as you said, Tom, my only, only minor gripe was, I think with five more minutes of near falls, it didn't have to be too much longer, but even three minutes of near falls, this could have been in really, really, really rarefied WrestleMania air in terms of like right up there in, you know, people consider this, you know, one of the better matches in WrestleMania history. We talked about Michael Cole. I think that was a, you know, a rare mistake of an old pro of his tenure. Um, but this was a fitting main, WrestleMania main event. I think this was the match of the weekend, actually. I can't think of anything on the Sunday that was better than this. I know this is my match of the night. And, and Sasha, I think, is my MVP over Bianca by about 0.0001% because there was nothing in it. I thought it was a phenomenal effort and one of the better legitimately one of the better WrestleMania main events I think we've probably ever had actually thinking about it um yeah really really good stuff yeah I, I can't really disagree with anything you've said when you said you were quite you found it quite emotional when the crowd erupted and 
Bianca was kind of teary. Were you talking about the bit at the start or the bit at the end? No, the bit at the start. So when when they were look, exactly looking same. at each other, yeah, it was inc- exactly it was same. incredible. It was they're incredible. Both, it was so good. They're both fighting about the tears at yeah. that point, and I I got I did get well my eyes welled up a little bit i was because i was watching this and it's actually friday afternoon when i was watching it and i that was when i first realized i was feeling really rotten really bad and then i try to watch the end of this and and kind of watching it i was like wow and i yeah i got really emotional watching them like it was so powerful like you were just like they feel this they really feel it and it's one of those moments where you kind of in a way you might criticize them because they've broken the character a little bit in that moment. Like they're looking at each other. They know the significance of the moment. And, and maybe, you know, if they, if they really hate each other, this is, or they're really angry or whatever you could you could argue that but i just yeah it just felt really special it did felt like a feel like a really special moment i feel like it's easier to explain away with bianca i think can you because like then they kind of try to and then obviously in true Corey graves fashion completely just over eggs the pudding but keeps talking about how bianca can't win because she's too emotional but they kind of try to turn that into like a thing throughout the match i really appreciate the way that sasha is a was able to shake it off and like almost snap herself out of it and get into character again by just talking shit to Bianca Belair which then kind of then kind of snapped Bianca out of it but yeah it's very very powerful I'd say very powerful It was. I haven't, I haven't felt that way in a wrestling match since they hoisted Brett up on his shoulders at WrestleMania 10. No, but it was. It was a really powerful moment. And I think there's a clip of, of Sasha like outside the ring just after she's been pinned mm. where she's smiling. And they don't show it on screen. And again, you could argue it's something to criticize her for. But I just thought when I thought about it after the match, I was like, she's smiling because they nailed it. Like they yeah. nailed it. They didn't put a foot wrong. And they kept, we talked about the first match earlier in the night, Stephen and the pace that they were able to go at because they kept it to 18 minutes and 20 seconds this was the same they kept the pace really quite high all the way through they nail every bit like you said the Bianca Bella bit when she presses her into the ring like that's just phenomenal strength but everything they did just was looked good it looked crisp oh. it was well executed it was just a very 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 well put together very well executed match with i'm not even sure i'm i'm disappointed there wasn't that extra bit of time on it i think that i guess the thing is i I, and i remember at the time thinking this because i i so wanted them to be able to get this right i was worried for them the more the longer it went on i was like the longer this goes on the the more chances that something goes wrong in the end it did but it was michael cole so it's it's fine but yeah i this was a very good match and i think you're right legitimately one of the best wrestlemania match uh, main event matches there's ever been and also so last uh, two weeks ago for the WrestleMania 36 Night 2 match, uh, uh, 2 show, we all talked about how on that show, the match between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley was probably the best women's match on WrestleMania up to that point. This just about shades it. But that that match was also really amazing too. There's one bit in it that really, like I was like, fucking hell, there's just, in fact, sorry, two bits. There's, there's an incredible, Sasha kicks out after a 450 that Bianca hits and that is as close to a three count kick out you'll ever see. But I also give a shout out to the previous 450 attempt that Bianca does when Sasha gets her knees up and it looks like the most painful thing mm. I've ever seen. It's, it's the per- the best ever kind of knees up to counter a splash i've ever seen in my life it looks so realistic it's just incredible well done these two lads incredible workers yeah no really really good really really good so that is the whole show we've made it to the end of wrestlemania 37 night one what are our scores out of 10 
and any other business we've got. Tom, let's start with you. Right, I just want to quickly touch on the first match, because I obviously wasn't here to, to discuss it. Did you guys think this match was really good? Is that what you were kind of saying? Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, decent, really decent. Yeah. I didn't think it was very good, if I'm being honest. I don't think Drew McIntyre works as a babyface, in my opinion. I think he's uh, he's too big, I think. He's too handsome. His hair's too dark. This is obviously a, clearly a, a terrible dye job that he's got going on with his with his hair and his beard, and I'm just not a big fan of him. And I felt like it could have been more of a slugfest. I'm thinking, like, going back to the classics, like Joe, Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi, also known as one of my favourite matches of all time. Or, I genuinely uh, thought you were going to say, like, you know, something like Hercules versus Jim Duggan. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the tale. Is it, is it, um, what's the, what's the incredible one? Is it uh, Ronnie Garvin versus uh, Greg Valentine? Yeah. Yeah, oh my god! Match. Was um, that Rumble '89? No, '90. Yeah, not submission match, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah bloody amazing, hell! Amazing match. Or like Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka, or even Sheamus versus Gunther. I didn't think. I didn't think it looked. I don't know. I think. I think they're two big fucking cunts these two, and I felt like <laughs> they could have. They could have slapped, smashed the shit out of each other, and made a much more interesting match for me than what I actually got. And overall, though, it's not a great WrestleMania, I don't think. But the last two matches are absolutely sensational. So I'm going to give this... I'm going to give this a six, I think. I think that's a fair, fair score. The rest of the card's not great, but those two matches, I think, are, are more than good enough to, to, to give it... Fuck it, I'm going to give it a seven. Those two last two matches are that good. I'm giving it a seven. And I'm going out on a high note. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, my score. Seven. MVP, Bad Buddy, Match of the Night, Main Event. Wow. This was a... Str- I mean, there's no doubt getting away from this. This was a strange show in between the long video packages. I guess the vibe as well. Like, we talked... I'll do this quickly. We talked about jarring things. I remember I had to do, for various reasons, I had to do quite a lot of driving two days after this WrestleMania in London, like in heavy traffic all over the place, probably driving for about three hours. And I was listening to various rundowns of like the roar after WrestleMania, which was back in the Thunderdome. So it was like this really weird time where all the lead up to it and the events were no crowd. You've got this tiny little bit of hope and joy in, in the middle. And then you're back to shit basically for a few months. So but surrounding all that, it was an odd night. You had a limited crowd spaced out, you know, huge bits of the stadium weren't there, but still there was a huge, huge amount of specialness at the time because you're coming out of the pandemic and even with 2023 eyes if some of that's worn off there's still enough in this to, to keep this as a positive show I think for me I enjoyed the opener and I enjoyed the main event a hell of a lot and the stuff in the middle was ranging between I mean the total match was awful but everything after that was moderate to okay therefore I'm going six out of ten for this show and, I, and I've mentioned my MVP a match of the night which is the which is the women's main event yeah women's main event match of the night for me Sasha is the MVP for me and my rating out of 10 is also 6 I thought that the show in the middle just wasn't very good at all I thought everything like Cesaro and Seth Rollins was way worse than it should have been it was still fine but it was worse than it should have been Strowman and Shane McMahon I wasn't interested in the tag team turmoil was terrible that's a lot of tease to say quickly as well I didn't I mean, the Bad Bunny match I liked but I didn't I wouldn't go crazy for it it was it was it was fine it, it's it's fine for a non-wrestler do you know what I mean that's the way I felt about it. It, 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 it I think if I think if this had been someone other than Bad Bunny alongside Damian Priest and it had still had the same level of interest I think people have been like oh that was all right that was okay and, and that's not to do Bad Bunny's job down because he did amazingly to do what he did it's just can't grade it on a kind of handicap that's not how it works so you know it's just that's how I felt about it but then the main event is just it's just great just a really good really good match and I've always uh, will continue to maintain that that's the main thing that matters when it comes to the rating 
and so six out of ten for me overall and that's massively pulled up by banks and bella uh, all of which makes this a pretty high rank in wrestlemania we have it we're not traditionally high rating givers on this show so for example from the the top after the top seven WrestleManias, the average rating goes down to 6.33 already. And WrestleMania 37 is one of those 6.33s. It finishes, I think, 10th at the moment overall. Yes, 10th out of all the WrestleManias. So that's not a bad one at all. That is it is dragged up by the fact that I do the um, tie break from the cage match average rating, which is 7.5. So that's quite high uh, from cage match rating. And there's others that we've rated 6.33. For example, WrestleMania 15, the average rating for that on cage match is 4.16. So that kind of shows you a little bit of where this is. But still, does it's done very well. Yeah, really impressive position, I guess, which I think largely is because of that main event. I, I wonder what you guys, how you guys feel at the moment. Obviously, I'm going to be taking a leave of absence for a while but i really want to get back to watching stuff that doesn't look so slick <laughs> you know, I mean, who, who would have thought you'd say that as well yeah, like, I know. Like all the people that I, would say I, that. I really want i'm desperate to watch and i'm not gonna be on it for a while but i'm desperate to watch some shit wcw so, <laughs> so where is like, a question I'm, I'm not expecting this to be revealed but i'm wondering whether you know in your head ben when you're what we're going to be watching and when you're going to tell us and when you're going to tell the general public yeah so i i've i've been actually it's interesting because i've been thinking about that I am going to be starting to tell you guys three months out from when we okay. will be recording. So you've got plenty of time if you need yeah. to, to watch them ahead. And the public will get to know when I tell them three days before the show comes out, like ah, it used okay. to be. Back yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay, game, great, great. The game back on again. Yeah, quiz, maybe. Quiz. Maybe I'll do it a week because we do them every week, uh, every two weeks now. So maybe I'll do a week before so that there's a, there's a bit more time. But yeah, that's, that's when people will know. So yeah, that's still to come. And yeah. we've got a lot of the WrestleMania series still to go. So on that note, that is the end of this week's show. All that's left for me to do is thank you, Stephen, for your contributions today. Pleasure as always. Apologies for my various rambles. And Tom, I'll miss you. I very wish you the very best of luck. I look forward to seeing you virtually and maybe even in person at some point in the not too distant future thank you yeah it's been a pleasure and tom yes thank you indeed for well the however you've done 91 episodes of oh, the pod. shy of 100 yeah thank you for that and i know that this isn't necessarily the absolute end but we don't know when you're going to be back you've got to get used to the new family routine that's going to be hitting you now with two children yeah definitely i just wanted to say it's been it's been it's such a such a fun time doing this i mean yeah the fact that like me you and old man like you, you and old man are two of my oldest friends and we kind of just did this just to see what happened and it's kind of turned into what it's been it's been great and to kind of form kind of new friendships with the likes of steve and matty and alex it's been it's been really really an experience i've really truly enjoyed and will cherish so i'll be listening every week for new episodes obviously because i'll still be a fan of it um and contributing to the old whatsapp group but uh yeah hoping to be back yeah in in, in i don't know a year or so's time maybe once everything's settled and yeah i can't wait to start talking about men in their pants again with you <laughs> yeah you'll still do that you just won't do it on uh on, on recorded there. yeah um i guess all this laugh left me to say is uh good afternoon mr bastard and fuck off uh this has been the random wrestling review we'll be back again in two weeks time with night two of wrestlemania 37 but until then take care <laughs>